is going on? It is September 27th. Uh, I'm just... Before I get into, you know, extreme rules and everything like that, you know, I just got... I mean, listen, the show itself was fucking fine. I, I thought... I mean, listen, if you if you don't watch, um, you know, Raw or SmackDown, mostly Raw, if you watch it as a one-off show... You know what I mean? Then, I mean, this show... I mean, WWE does decent one-off shows at these pay-per-view specials. Like, like again, I said before a while back that, like, it reminds me of when I would just watch some of, like, the pay-per-views of TNA that, like, you know, my brother would get time to time or whatever. And I, I would watch those, and I'd be like, ah, oh, this, this show's pretty fucking good. I don't know why people online are kind of complaining and shit, and then, you know, uh, people would tell me that, like, not because the show, because the, 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 the way that Vince Russo's booking shit is, like, it's becoming really fucking unbearable and all that, so, you know what I mean, so, I, I mean, so, like, so some of, like, you know, like, seeing some of the, like, you know what I mean, you'll see these matches again, basically, you know what I mean, so, like, it totally negates the good feeling you have of the pay-per-view, but... I don't think anyone's talking about any of the good feeling of the pay-per-view because, I mean, when you end with shit, compl- you know, complete shit, like the, I, I mean, people are going to defend it, you know what I mean? People, are, I mean, people were kind of into the some of the, what was going on, but, I mean, I think they basically killed Balor's fucking whole career, basically. I, I mean, I'm, I'm being over, I'm being hyperbolic, right? But, um... I don't know, I just, I'll get into that in a bit, but I just wanted to get into, like, you know, other fucking things that are on my mind, obviously, you know what I mean? I was listening to, uh, you know, Conan's podcast, and, um, I was listening to Conan's podcast, and, uh, him and Disco, of course, were talking about, uh, Howard, Howard Stern and Joe Rogan, and it's like, because, again, because Conan, I, I mean, I don't know much about, I mean, Conan, you know, he, he sometimes seems like, you know, kind of socially conscious. But sometimes I feel like him hanging out with Disco, like, I mean, maybe that's his real opinion, too. But, like, they do kind of become, like, an alt-right kind of fucking show. I know people that will, will roll their eyes, like, oh, you're going, oh, you're you're criticizing them. But it's like when you're, like, constantly doing, like, the fucking right-wing fucking narratives all the time. Especially because, again, like, you know, because, again, it's so easy to kind of hyperbol- hyperbolic the fucking situation with, with, with uh, quote-unquote, PC political correctness and, and go off about wokeness while fucking people online from the right wing are constantly, like, making it seem like there's suppression and stuff that's going on, right? Constantly there's, like, suppression of it, but, again, there's so much suppression that we're hearing about the suppression non-fucking stop. So you would think that stuff on social media, like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say, that a lot of stuff, yeah, it's inconsistent in mainstream media shit. But at the same fucking time, it's like, that's like like, like the the most transparent and uh, the most obvious fucking take ever. Like, like, I'm not saying that you shouldn't point it out, but the fact of the matter is that, like, because it becomes, like, the fucking main fucking narrative, you would think that maybe, I don't know, maybe right-wing think tankers are also funding online discourse. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, you know... It, but again, people don't fucking ever want to realize that. You know what I mean? Because... And that's why no one takes the fucking Trump shit fucking seriously. Because uh, you spent the last fucking four or five years making fun of this guy in the most fucking hacky, fucking, most limited fucking way possible. Right? So when people are saying, oh, look, this guy's doing all this evil and corrupt shit, you're basically asking for Merrick Garland to do some shit, Right? 
people are going to fucking rightfully point out that Democrats are fucking doing just as much of the fucking evil shit that the, that they're accusing fucking all these Trump supporters of doing. All these Trump associates, I should say. So what ends up fucking happening is now, now, n- n- now because like, you know, the Hunter Biden fucking story is out there and, and, and the story is that media uh, s- suppressed it, whatever, right? But then, and then, but that, but now they're reporting on the fucking situation. So by design, they're making you think that, um, they're making you, they're making you think that like, like there's like, again, I'm, I'm not even saying there isn't a fucking cover up because again, there's a blind, there's a bunch of blind ass fucking Biden supporters that will go, well, Hunter Biden is just a, a, a private citizen. None of these guys in the elite are fucking private fucking citizens. Can we please just stop with that fucking, that fucking hogwash garbage that people like love to put out there that, oh, like, like, like Lee Camp is probably one of the better guys because him, him, Jordan Sheridan, like a lot of these, some of these, like you know what I mean. Like the, the, like I don't find them to be these sports entertainment characters like a Jimmy Dore is. You know what I mean. Even if Jimmy Dore just says some, some valid fucking shit about like you know what the Democrats are fucking doing, and I can appreciate that. You know what I mean. I'm not against that, but it's like also downplaying you know the the Trump shit and what fucking cult he is building up, and and how much like you know they're building up this whole fucking culmination of. Uh, of, 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 you know, some hostile fucking takeover. And that's why while Biden is in office, there's going to be all this, uh, like, you know, like, like, okay, look, they're going to do vaccine mandates and all that. The vaccine mandates are now going in effect. This would have been happening if Trump was in office as well, right? But now that it's all put on Biden and Biden's handling a lot of this shit wrong, you have, like, the Israel funding People are being evicted. People are still being fucked over. They're being oppressed still. Nothing's changing on the fucking surface, even if there's some shit going on really in the real behind the fucking scenes to make people uprise and all that kind of shit. So you're not taking it fucking seriously. And now when you have, you know, uh, state troopers in Massachusetts, and apparently their name, apparently they go by spam. It's like, dude, we live, we live in such a parody fucking world. You know what I mean? We have fucking people outside the courthouse playing R. Kelly music. It's like they're trying to make this into a fucking... They're trying to make this into a... They're trying to make this into, like, you know, a, 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 a culmination of what we see and fucking... You know, like, people compare the R. Kelly shit of what's going outside the courthouse as, like, some boondock shit because boondocks, you know, put that kind of, like, oh, this is what society is going to turn into. It's like, the, all these people predicted what society was going to fucking be. And it's like, everything you've seen in, you know, in, in in your entertainment for the last, like, 20, 30, fuck, I mean, it could go back further, but I mean, I wasn't alive further, right? So, I mean, from what, what you see and all the stuff that's happening within discourse, uh, you know, w- within, you know, w- the, the social media storylines, people don't fucking realize that you can also, like, be, you know, uh, be, um, you know, fooled by, you know, some of these things that are going on, but no one wants to really, like, you know, look for, people just look, just look at the transparent shit and go, oh my god, and then they think by pointing out the hypocrisy that they're pointing out something that's, like, not supposed to be pointed out already, you know what I mean, because they think online shit is just some internet fucking shit from the 90s, and and we're we're rebooting the 90s, so, like, now we got, like, all these storylines happening on social media, it's like a fuck, it's like all these NBA players that are not fucking getting vaxxed, right, like, there's a whole thing with Wiggins, 
not wanting to get vaxxed. He probably is vaxxed, but now it's like a, it's like, it's like a new gig. You know what I mean? All these athletes, all these celebrities are fucking protected. But then when you use like their death or use whatever they're going through, they use it to correlate with the regular fucking regular people in society. Like these guys don't play by regular fucking rules, and the and people think by them speaking out against fucking COVID uh, vaccinations and all that kind of stuff, that means they're keeping it real. They're fucking being authentic about the whole situation. Nothing online is really organic as people love to fucking say it is. Like, nothing online is really as organic, you know what I mean? It just, like, it seems like, it seems like the NBA and all these other sports, they do professional wrestling a lot better than professional wrestling does, but professional wrestling, even the online discourse is professional wrestling as well, you know what I mean? Like, nothing, none of this shit is fucking, it's just a reality show, they're all getting, it's it's like, it's like you're, you, you, instead of getting a gig on the, on the Tonight Show, now you can get your agent to get you a gig to be anti-vax because there's gonna be attention on you. There's be people that are going to support it non-stop right just like this lauren bolbert whatever the fuck her stupid name is she's talking she's talking about like oh uh we should take more tylenol i took tylenol and i was feeling fine i don't know if she has covid or anything like that but of course by default people don't realize it but you're advertising fucking tylenol you know what I mean? You're falling. It's, it's like I told you about the fucking, you know, all these fucking, we're such in a reality show where, like, there's real life fucking shit happening where people are fucking dying and getting shot and whatnot. But when you fucking plan this stuff out and predetermined sacrifices, you're doing it by a Wendy. So now you can promote Wendy's on some fucking levels like this. This fascism, this revolution has been brought to you by so, so, so and so, you know what I mean? It feels like that's what fucking, you know, social media is for, especially Twitter, where someone will say something fucking stupid like Lauren Boebert and people will point out, hey, the, you know, but we had to adjust when Tylenol because the, the packaging was, was uh, always uh, there was some contaminate, something that fucked up with the fucking packaging that they had to adjust and it helped save fucking lives. And then people will be pretentious about how, how that, how the how that fucking save lives and all that kind of shit when you know I, I, let me see the packaging part let me see i'm all over the fucking map let me see, i'm all over the fucking map hold on let me see again let me see tylenol tylenol you know again it's, it's all over the fucking place especially when you look it up then all of a sudden tylenol fucking the the account the official account comes in so you're like you know So yeah, so this guy, Ward Q Normal, since Tylenol is turning a quick reminder that seven people died in 1982 from poisoning and within months there were new new regulations about packaging in order to prevent more deaths. Yep, only 700 people die every day from gunshots. We still don't do a thing. I don't know if this guy is, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if this guy, if, what this guy stands is, but I mean, like, that was, like, one of the things that people were pointing out, a common thing that I saw when it was just trending, but, like, right there, like, that's kind of, like, I, they're advertising on some level. People don't, people don't get that, like, now, like, the entertainment you watch is, like, so, it's so, like, you know, uh, a background drop because the entertainment now is all of us, basically, and then there's a reality show, game show, type of fucking world that people don't fucking realize that we're actually in. And a lot of stuff that we're pointing out, like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I, I have no fucking clue. You know, I, I have, it just, it just becomes really, really fucking stupid. It becomes one of the stupidest fucking arguments to happen. And then I'm sitting here like, oh, like, I, 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 like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that are going on the weekend that I'm not really keeping up with. And then I start fucking question. I, I mean, I know a lot of my fucking, you know, a, a lot of my, uh, 
a lot of my fucking trolls will fucking, you know, get on me for doing more podcasts about wrestling, and then it kind of makes you kind of feel fucking bad for not, uh, it kind of makes you feel bad for not fucking doing other shit on a podcast, talking about other things, and then you start fucking wondering about, like, you know what I mean? But then I have to remind myself that everything is like professional wrestling, so maybe I have it right in some fucking ways. And that's just to, like, kind of ease my fucking mental illness down, because, you know, a lot of people are gonna come and chime in and try to fucking take me off my fucking path of feeling a little bit better by doing these podcasts. They want me, you you know, the reason why a lot of these fucking people want me to do live streams is because then if I do live streams and I'm entertaining the trolls, then they can start the narrative of, oh, look, he wants this kind of, he wants this stuff. He can't stay away from it. If I stay away from it, then they're still making fucking threats. They're still fucking alluding to the fact that I'm a piece of shit, uh, still alluding to the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a mentally ill person, I'm just a caller, uh, insinuating stuff all the time and all that, and then they put you in a fucking tailspin, they do that on purpose, probably because, you know, a lot of people don't like that I analyze stuff the way that I analyze it, especially wrestling, so I could bet that a lot of fucking insider type people are telling these trolls to, you know, come at me, because it'll take me, because again, it'll, it'll make me, because again, I won't be analyzing wrestling properly if I'm fucking in the middle of a fucking, uh, a, a breakdown fucking happening, and I'm, I'm going through a mental, a, a, a mental thing, it may, it'll make a lot of people I know fucking feel happy that I'm, you know, losing my mind more and more, or that I fucking need fucking help doing a fucking podcast, and because I'm still doing it, even though, like, nobody fucking really fucks with it, and that's fine, but, but, but the fact that I'm putting in the fucking work to put, to make a fucking podcast for anyone who's interested in listening, they don't fucking like that shit, they, they, they really don't, they really thought that they, that, that I would fucking need, uh, people's help non-fucking stop, and the fact that I don't, and I'm coming out here, and I just kind of voice my opinion, and people fuck with it, people fuck with it, they don't, they don't, people hint that people do listen to it, but, you know, again, you can't really give me the fucking recognition, or you can't give me the official download view, you know what I mean, you have to, like, kind of go around it to kind of, just to kind of make me feel like I'm nothing, but still, they're paying attention to me enough, where I'm, you know, I have to fucking, you know, be all over the fucking map, you know, so it's, 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 it's fine in, in, in that regard that, you know, people are just still gonna try to push me more and more, but, but because the thing is, because people want to limit my fucking narrative, I have to get on their narratives, I have to get on other people's fucking narratives, because that's the official narrative, if someone's going off script, and kind of analyzing it in a way that other people are not analyzing it, then it becomes a big no-no, you can't let me do something that, you know, actually, maybe, it's something new and fresh to the fucking, you know, how to, to, at least I'm, 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 I'm not saying that I'm, like, the most fucking, like, you know, most creative and most revolutionary with it, but I, I, I figured that I'm doing something a lot, a little bit more different than what other people are doing who try to cover wrestling and all that type of shit so I don't understand but again that's a big no-no because if you're not co-signed by people or you don't fucking give in to going on other people's platforms or or or, or you know being attached to other fucking people that you know what I mean and, and some of these people hide who what their political affiliation is and and they do that on purpose so then by the time it's too late to figure out that they are fucking right wingers then I then I then they'll guilt me because oh look we were friends but now you find out that I'm a right wing, you know what I mean, they'll do that fucking mental gymnastics to you, and the thing is, like, I have to know, in my personal opinion, because I don't know what anyone's associated with, that's why they try to put people in my life who might be problematic and all that kind of stuff, and because I'm, you know, I don't trust anyone by default, it becomes a little bit more harder for them, and it becomes frustrating for them, so now they have to go at me, and
and try to fucking, um, you know, try to fucking bring me back and go into a dark fucking place because that's the most joy they'll fucking get is seeing somebody mentally break down someone like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I have so little mentally, like I, I don't really have any fucking friends. I really don't trust anyone in my life. Really. I have no real connection to anybody. I'm kind of on the outs so that they're already mad. They go, well, this guy should be giving up. He should be attempting more suicide. He should be attempting this. We, we've left him fucking, you know, not getting any interaction. We've shadow banned him and he's still not giving up. And what can we do to fucking really push him over the edge? And and again, and these guys don't, and these guys will never have a moment of reflecting on on what they on on what they're doing because they're more focused on how can they make me fucking lose my fucking mind. I'm not doing anything to violate fucking, you know, Twitter rules, so now they can't really report some of my fucking tweets to get me suspended, so now it's like, okay, let's keep pushing him more and more to the fucking, you know, to, to, to the dark side. And, and and then, of course, like, you know what I mean, and then a lot of the people that, you know, think like that are thinking like fucking, you know, like, thinking like a lot of these alt-right fucking podcasts that are fucking thinking, they, they think because they are, are countering mainstream liberal fucking nonsense that, like, their fucking nonsense is what's the fucking truth. And because there's a lot of people online making you think that, that, that that's the way to fucking go because you think the internet opinion is the hardcore underground opinion when... And it's just as much compromised as the fucking mainstream media's opinion. And people won't ever point that out because they have to think that they're the most genuine until they get their money and until they fucking are able to do whatever the fuck they want to fucking do. And people won't ever fucking really, you know, uh, ever pay attention to that kind of shit. So I'm sitting here like wondering, oh, should I listen to some battle rap? Should I, should I even care what happened at UFC? Do I, you know what I mean? Do, uh, who, who fought? Who fought? Uh, someone wants to challenge Dante, Deontay Wilder, right? Or something like that in boxing or something like that. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the NFL. You know what I mean? Apparently it's like people are saying that like the season games have been fucking dope so far. I don't really know much. Once in a while, someone becomes popular. Like right, right now, I, don't, I can't memorize everything about NBA, but... Apparently it's media day and what's his name? I think Clay from let me see what the media day was. Let me see. Somebody's not fucking. Somebody's not showing up to media day and people are mad. I think it's uh, people are 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 mad about that. I think so. so someone again. You know what I mean? Like again, it's like professional wrestling, basically. You know what I mean? Let me see. Draymond, yeah, Draymond Green is in that media day, and he could miss the first day of the two practices. But but the thing is, like, here's here's the kicker: he's he's not he's he's not gonna be there for media day because. But he was also at the Rams game and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, I mean, who who fucking knows really anymore? I, I, I don't know why I want to fucking even keep up with all this shit, but, you know, that, that's just what it is, you know. But, yeah, but people were, yesterday people were fucking, you know, going at, uh, you know, uh, Mary Garland for not doing anything about Trump. And then you're like, okay, you know, what's he going to... I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that there isn't a valid fucking opinion, but I'm telling you, you're not going to get people on your side about this about this about this Trump about this Trump shit because 
people or you've trained people already people and i'm not talking about people in the mainstream media or people that fucking be over hyperbolic about you know what i mean because again the 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 main thing you can point out is like okay but what about all the other presidents that did shit what about that what about this and i'm not saying that isn't valid but the thing is at a certain point you got to realize that there's like a new form of propaganda forming to create another fucking form of evil because no one wants to tell you about how like there was a fucking change behind the scenes, even though on surface it just it, it doesn't seem like you know what I mean like it it, it it seems like just more propaganda it is, but people don't realize that there was a fucking change behind the fucking scenes. But the, the, but the problem is you're not gonna get people on board if regular people are still being oppressed and being fucked with. And still fucking having to fight for that shit. I mean, I, I do think now that there's more power into the people. But I feel like, you know, that's also being funded. Just like I think the right-wing shit is also being funded. But there's also funding for that. Like, you know what I mean? All these guys are just going to look like heels on, on the fucking surface. You know what I mean? Like, everyone's going to look like a heel on the surface. And I'm not saying what they're doing is not fucking heelish. I'm just fucking saying that, like, you know, that, that like, if you think that it's by design, like, you know what I mean? Like, people will fucking now cancel, like, you know, Nina Turner now that she's with TYT. And it's kind of like, you know, people now think Howard Stern sold out because he's a liberal. But it's like, they don't pay attention to, like, other problematic, like, like apparently Nina Turner, and I, I guess Robbie Martin pointed this out, she co-wrote a book with Tucker Carlson, like, she co- let me see, hold on a second, Nina Turner, Tucker, let me see, hold on, let me see, oh, what is it, oh, She, no, for writing an intro alongside Tucker Carlson for ne- for neocon think thinkers, Sagar entries trash book two years ago. Yeah, that's what Robbie Martin was pointing out. Okay, so like yeah, so like you know what I mean. So like it's, it's, it's and I'm not saying you shouldn't call her out for taking the t- not taking the t- taking the tyt gig, but it's funny that like you know you can do stuff with like right wing think tank people because they seem more contrarian and more counterculture to the obvious mainstream media bullshit that you know. Like, if, you know, again, I'm not saying that, like, oh, like, you can't criticize the media because I hate people who just dismiss anyone who critiques the media as being a Trump person. But if you can't, if you, if you can't admit that Trump also added more to, more hatred to the, towards the media so that people can believe his rhetoric, then you're also fucking kidding yourself. And you're also kidding yourself if you don't think that they've sophisticated their way into making it seem like they're the fucking ones who are being uh, being victim being victims. While like the while the media is making it look, while the while the mainstream is making it look like anyone with a countering opinion that isn't quote-unquote the politically correct opinion it's like even the people in the media are also closet right-wingers as well so like they don't mind making it look like they're fucking you know uh, they're putting people they're putting working class people down and all that kind of stuff so then you have no choice but to go okay well if these people aren't for me then i might as well go for something that's a lesser evil and to them that might seem like a fucking right-wing thing because um the right wing has now fucking uh the right wing now has uh you know um uh you know changed like basically rebranded themselves where they'll put a little bit of truth telling a little bit you know what i mean that's why people were 
telling Tucker Carlson and all that type of stuff, oh, look, he's anti-war because he's t calling out certain shit that's going on. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is like he, they're doing that on purpose to make it seem like their side is more fucking reasonable. Because you can't go on fucking mainstream uh, um, liberal fucking um, propaganda networks to kind of like, you know, have a fucking like to fully critique the fucking Democrat situation. So by nature, now you think that it's not as bad going to the right wing, but I think they're fucking, you know, serving you up um, more propaganda that people don't even fucking realize. And, you know, again, but again, don't listen to what I'm fucking saying, because anything that I'm saying, I have no fucking clue about, right? But I can also see how, like, a lot of people online are falling for, like, like a lot of these celebrities are going to be fucking going on and uh, um, pretending like, you know, like, like, once in a while, like, some of them will fucking lead out that, like, like, for example, Seth Rollins did an interview on Austin Podcast, and again, he did the same thing that comedians kind of did, because, and it's not, it's not that the comedians are putting themselves on this upper level, right? But it's like, when you're you're a public figure and you're a part of that fucking world you're not a regular fucking person so sometimes over the years you would hear people say oh you know how the, the, the civilians are and and then to, 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 to certain people who are just regular people are going to be like oh my god what kind of cockiness is that it's calling us just civilians like you guys are some royalty or something but it's like they're not royalty but like they are part of a mafia fucking system and the regular rules don't apply to them so when you hear people say that like for example Shaq just said that he's giving up his celebrity status now to people that must mean like okay big fucking deal he's gonna retire he's not gonna he's not gonna be like doing his thing but i mean i wonder if that's gonna be him just becoming an internet troll now officially and kind of like the, he's rebranding into there and that's why and and then if he's giving up his celebrity status does that mean that you're gonna find out more pro you, you're gonna find out problematic shit that he did within his within his fucking you know eight within his fucking destruction of chaos that he he was allowed to like that all celebrities are given you're given a license for chaos basically to do do a bunch of fucking shit then when you're kind of at, at at your outs kind of in a way then you know then then they tell you oh look the um did you know that Shaq in 1995 he may have fucking did something to a woman or he may have uh you know called somebody a gay slur and then you kind of create that cancellation type of deal but but again but 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 I don't think he's giving up his celebrity status unless un unless he's like going you know, underground and he's going like you know what I mean he suddenly just quote unquote dies all of a sudden he's going to a new planet maybe but maybe the whole giving up the celebrity status is also kind of a gimmick as well kind of in a way I, I mean because if he does give up the fucking celebrity status like for like actually real he'll be like fucking Ray Liotta in the end of you know uh, at the end of Goodfellas. You know, he's going to be talking about ordering, ordering, or, or, ordering, ordering spaghetti with marinara sauce and getting egg noodles with ketchup. You know what I mean? He's going to be going, you know, he's going to do that whole thing, whatever, about, you know. Now I, now I really want to see Shaq recreate the ending of God, God, Goodfellas, where he's like, you know, in the in the courtroom. We had... <laughs> See, this is why I need, like, you know, this is why I need to pay people to do impressions because, like, then I can just kind of, you know, but I'm I'm a low-budget podcast, so, you know, you don't expect any fucking, you know, bells and whistles, you know? This is, this is where I'd, I would go to a fucking uh, comedian who's going to do an impression of Shaq doing uh, doing the 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 ending monologue uh, for, for, for Goodfellas and shit like that. But, I mean, that's what's fucking going to, you know, end up fucking happening and all that, man, you know? I don't know, man. It's just it's just fucking crazy with all the fucking shit that's going on. You know, I I, I can't really keep up with a lot of that shit. Let me see what.
why does the Massachusetts, why does the Massachusetts, um, um, why do the Massachusetts, is it Massachusetts, I would say Massachusetts, but I, I know it's Massachusetts. But, but again, um, doesn't the Massachusetts state troopers have submitted resignation paperwork as a result of vaccine mandate, state police association, um, but they call himself spam. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, this is how much a fucking... Like, is, is Vince McMahon naming these fucking... Is Vince McMahon giving these fucking names to people? Like, it's, it's like on the same levels. Like, I remember what the core... Remember Apple? They had a, a, a countering stable for a bit. The only time with Daniel Bryan, Mark Henry, Santino... Who else, who else was it? Was it Kofi? Kofi? Was Kofi Kingston a part of it, too? But but basically they wanted to do Apple Core basically right so they they they, they named that dude I thought and I thought it was gonna go somewhere you know what I mean I thought, I thought it was actually gonna be a stable but it was only just to kind of go at their fucking stable of the core one of the stupidest fucking names I've ever fucking heard but yeah see but but um. But I mean, if this is one way to get, I mean, like here's the thing, man. I, I believe like the people are positioning themselves, so things are happening, where you're making it seem like, oh, look, this this vaccine mandate is getting out of fucking control, so now you can kind of make it seem like people are just fucking sick of it. So they're building this up for, and I'm not saying that there's going to be people that are going to be uprising that don't have valid fucking claim, but if you can't see that there's also a fucking whole thing that Trump is fucking Trump is people doing, and they're. Because, again, people think that fucking, you know, the 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 intelligence agencies and all of them are against fucking Trump. But they, I guarantee you that a lot of these fucking guys in the military, upper echelon and the uh, upper echelon of uh, of um, the intelligence agencies, I, I can, you know, almost bet you that they are secretly with Trump and they're fucking, you know, d- doing, like, some of this shit to basically make it seem like it's only only just solely Biden doing it. You know what I mean? While, like, the Democrats are going to be doing shit because then people, real leftists are going to be fucking uprising against their fucking horseshit. It's like everyone's positioning themselves. But, I mean, even, even, like, even saying that even people from the FDI, not FDA, not agreeing with a booster shot... Is like m- m- making it seem like these guys are quitting. That these guys that are, are doing that are 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 on the up and up. Like there isn't people who like. It's always funny the FDA and all them people are always evil. But when then when they're but then the, the evil doesn't apply. But when they're making it seem like people are resigning, like like they won't have security after the fact. Like there isn't a way to make money online. You know, b- being funded by think tanks and all that kind of stuff. Because people like to look at the world as just like a regular, like, like we, it's like it's like an episode of Seinfeld. We're looking at the world as like as is, like oh, what's in front of us and what's obvious is like the obvious narratives to go with. Not that like there could be some fucking chicanery going on behind the fucking scenes to make things look the way they fucking look. But no one wants to ever, you know, go beyond that. We have to d- dumb it down. Even some of the people who 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 are smart have to be obtuse and kind of it's not that they don't know it's like they do know but they gotta fucking limit what goes on so to me it's like you're you're already kind of fucking that shit up you know i don't know man but i mean this is just the way it fucking goes man this is just the way it fucking fucking goes i guess
people are gonna be, you know, and listen, I'm not saying that I'm fucking, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm right, with, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not, I'm not right about, I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm right about every fucking thing, but I can also see when things are being, when things are being, um, you know, manipulated, because people think that because you're online, it's like, it's like, that's why the wrestling is a good example of it, because people think that, oh, WWE is the obvious thing that we have to call out, but the thing is, then the people who are online are also doing the same type of fucking jokes, and the same type of elitist attitude that the WWE is doing, but because it's the internet, that's an underground opinion of people who are keeping it real on the internet, and it's not, like, that's not the fucking case, that's not the fucking case at all whatsoever, these, a lot of things are fucking planned out to happen the way they fucking happen. I have no fucking clue. I didn't get to see... Listen, I didn't get to see all of uh, Seth Rollins... Um, I didn't get to see all of Seth Rollins' interview with Stone Cold. I mean, so far, it looks good. I mean, he did talk about, you know, again, the Austin... He talked about the Hell in a Cell with, uh, Bray, with, with The Fiend... And the fiend even replied by saying, "Oh, wait to hear my reaction." But he goes, "He wanted to strangle Vince McMahon." Seth Rollins said that, right? So it feels like he's kind of like you know, he if he because again, these interviews are supposed to be seen as real life. So when you're seen as a good fucking guy, that means he's probably like angling because again, a lot of these guys are probably gonna leave WWE at some point and go other places, basically. Like you know what I mean? Because we live in that kind of era, so like they're already kind of planting the seeds. Because like, again, Seth Rollins, because again, he wasn't being the company guy that he was being online that people accuse him of and apparently he even said that like um one second let me see seth rollins seth rollins c cm punk let me see Like, people are like, oh, look, Seth Rollins mentioned CM Punk. Uh, Vince McMahon seems cool, cooler than you fucking think he is. Like, dude, these guys are not, these guys are, it's, it's, they create these narratives of like, oh, Vince McMahon cannot mention this. And then people fucking fall for that. Like, people legit, fuck, even the anti-WWE people, they, 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 some of them are fucking really stupid as well. Like, they, they, like they, they, they really are, where they fucking pretend, like, because of the narratives that are put online, or, or that, that are reported, that, that means it's exactly what it is. Like, McMahon doesn't fucking control that shit. Like, it's, it's like when people go, oh, well, look, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega... They went against the WWE. Okay, what if I told you that WWE, on a fucking major front that controls the entire wrestling industry, how do you know that they don't have, like, these super facilities that give you your advancements and your assignments? Isn't it possible, because Vince McMahon knows that his company is kind of the old garden going down, that he had guys that were in his system or kind of had a meeting with them, and then they're given instructions on where to go outside the company so that they could be the people that somehow... Like, can Omega was in their system. They didn't do anything with them properly, but maybe they saw something with them and they go, okay, you go, you go to Japan and all that type of stuff, blah, 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 and then eventually you kind of be the guy that's kind of, ag that's kind of against them, right? Because the, the, their company was always going down. And he had notorious problems with Bill DeMott as well, apparently, as well, right? So to me, it's like when all these things are fucking planned out, they've been slowly been building to a, a newer company to come and, come and take the fucking 
fucking reigns. So e- even if you think that Omega and Bucks and all of them are not like WWE WWE creations and all that, in some in some fucking ways on the advanced fucking level, not like if they were officially co-signed by them, then you're supposed to fucking hate them. Like that's the fucking rule. But all these guys on uh, uh, beneath the fucking surface are kind of co-signed by it, and that's why they're probably gonna have an AEW versus WWE thing. But it can't happen officially under McMahon being in charge or being alive because McMahon's such a backwards fucking dude. And look at look at what the product look what they're doing with like they're finding ways to kind of go back to the nineties. So now they're doing gimmicks where people are not really those gimmicks and they're gonna ignore like their fucking past and who they were in the past and other companies like before they're making it seem like they're embracing it and that that, that kind of trained you to also kind of embrace it on some fucking level but then when people are finding a new company that's fully doing it you know at a good level that you know that they like now WWE is going back into the regression stage of being that company that's that's relying on over the top fucking gimmicks and going back to the fucking 90s and I, I, I've been saying this for a year. I, I, I didn't have it down packed on how it would exactly fucking go. But I've been kind of saying that they're going to fall out of favor. I've been saying that for fucking years that, that this company was probably going to go fucking down. I thought the revolution would happen within the company with new 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 ownership. And then the company would just still flourish or whatever. But now it feels the last couple of years has been seeming. Like before AEW even came in, I thought maybe... ROH or Impact would finally get vindication. Like, I thought Impact would get vindication. They would fucking finally reveal that Vince McMahon sabotaged it, even though, you know, I pro- I personally think that he kind of has, like, some say in it in some general, in some way. That's why he incorporated a lot of his fucking... A lot of ex-guys were fucking well-off in that promotion, basically. A lot, a lot of, like, the main mainstays over there. Like angle, the the team three D and all that kind of shit. You know what I mean. So that, that's where I fucking uh, kind of go. I, I have to finish the Seth Rollins interview, but again, like you know, people's fucking narrative is not the fucking same as people fucking think it is. You know. But then again, it starts like the again, like you know, the Bucks and uh, you know Usos fucking discourse happens all all the time now. The thing is, is like okay, yeah, the, the the Bucks are a better team in the sense that they went to places where tag team is prioritized, and they made it seem like being in a tag team isn't something that's holding you back. Like no one's saying, hey, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson should break up. You know what I mean? People want them together, and they make it seem like they're a main event tag team. You know what I mean? And that's good to have. That you can have your main event tag teams and your mid card kind of tag teams. You know what I mean? And it's not like you're. It's not like WWE. WWE, I give I give tag teams credit in in their in their company because I feel like they work with a lot more limitations in a company where they don't pr- prioritize your tag team division and make it seem sometimes that like it's inferior and it's a step down and doesn't seem as important that like you know what I mean there's teams that have stepped up that you know like new day uh profits um you know um uh, uh usos and then all this stuff happened but, but we're definitely going to get an usos versus young bucks match down the fucking line I don't know how it's going to happen, but we're eventually will we will get that fucking you know what I mean that's why they're gassing this up on 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 social media all the fucking time. I always see bucks and thing discourse. It get it gets annoying because everyone just dismiss everyone just dismisses what the Usos have done because it's within WWE. But I I still think that you know the way that they rebranded themselves from 2016 was a lot fucking better. And I thought him them and New Day had a fucking really really good classic fucking. Feel. 
view that it's a good rivalry to go on, even though the company they're in don't fucking, you know, prioritize it. I do think there's going to be a... T- Daniel, Brian Danielson, when he was in WWE, when, again, like, this, he, you probably thought he was talking about in WWE at that moment, but I think he was being hyper... He was being, like, he was talking about the whole fucking wrestling industry, even though, like, you know, you can interpret it that way. But he he was right. There is going to be a tag team revolution in the world of wrestling, you know what I mean? Because it shouldn't be looked at as inferior, you know what I mean? Because there's talks about, you know, the profits. Should they, br- should they break up? And I called into post-wrestling... And, and, and I, I mentioned, cause, cause, they, cause they're talking about, cause Montez might, they might break up the profits, cause Montez might want to go, but then I'm like, yeah, I go, I get why they want to make Montez, but, but I worry about fucking Dawkins, because I, I think that people sleep on him, because they see so much in Montez Ford, and I don't want, uh, either, I don't want, like, like, someone to be the other guy, like, I wish, like, both people in tag teams can go separate, or maybe you can still have them be, like, the Briscoe brothers, where, you know, you have one guy go for the world title, and you still have the team intact, but WWE does not book that fucking way, unfortunately, so again, like, you know what I mean? So when you kind of like go off about what the, like the Young Bucks have been given the freedom to do that. What, 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 I think it's, 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 it's more challenging, like new for New Day and, uh, for, for the Usos to basically be in the confines of WWE where, like, you know, the, where the guy in charge does not really give a fuck about tag teams. Even when people go back, back to the, the, the Dudleys and the Edge and Christians of the world and Hardy Boys, like those were like the main fucking three teams. Team. Like, there were still some tag team feuds, but, like, they made, like, it wasn't like these tag team feuds back then in the Attitude Era were built, like, legendary fucking, like, people just look at the matches that were, but, but like, the, like, like, the, the, the build for, like, a lot of these matches weren't, like, these legendary fucking builds or anything like that. You know what I mean? But at least in the Attitude Era, you could make the tag teams feel special because, like, Rock and Undertaker would be tag teaming against, you know, or the, or the Rock and Mick Foley would be tag teaming against some of these fucking guys. So it kind of put them on that level. But even though, like, the tag teams would win by, by like, you know, like some dirty finish or something like that, it wouldn't be, it would rarely be a clean finish. Like, if Edge and Christian went against, like, the Rock and somebody else and all that kind of shit, you know? I, I I did I did a whole thing that I think the WWE's de- start the start start of the, the decline of the tag team division in WWE started with uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, Kevin Nash being champions. I, I I really I really do think that like they played like I I'm not saying by purpose on purpose, but you can kind of make an argument that the decline of the tag team division started happening with how like how how they're treated and how the decline started happening because people people forget before the Attitude Era people would like I would be more enamored by the tag teams in the WCW because they had a lot more name they had Steiners, the uh, Harlem Heat, they had Public Enemy, they had Nasty Boys, they had. Uh, um, uh, who else was there? Um, who else? Uh, you know, um, like I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like in, in the mid ni- in the mid nineties and all that kind of stuff. Like there was more like high volt. Like I'm not saying like these, these are you know they had lower tier teams. They had like their established tag teams as well, kind of in a way. You know what I mean? They had high voltage American males and all that kind of stuff. Whatever you know what I mean? Like during like the, the like you know the early to mid like like ninety three to ninety ninety seven or so. Like they had better fucking tag teams in their fucking in their fucking company than WWE had smoking guns and fucking Henry the Godwin the Godwin brothers. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't fucking like that fucking great. And then of course Bulldog and Owen kind of you know 
kind of were, were highlights of it in some way. Then you brought Furnace and LaFon in. And those guys were fucking good. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, you, you're just happy that they're making more fucking tag teams. I was, I was really pissed off that there was only Body Donnas, the New Rockers, Godwins, and Smoking Guns that were only the tag teams for a bit. And it kind of reminds you of what's going on now on some of these brands now. You know what I mean? I, but, you know, on some fucking level. So I, I kind of give, like, you know, I give people tag teams that can, you know, stand out in WWE when that company does not fucking prioritize these tag teams at all whatsoever. You know what I mean? Uh, but I mean, that's, I mean, that's, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, so, so back to the whole Conan and Disco thing. I just thought that, you know, Conan saying that maybe he was trying to fucking get me to respond because maybe you know again maybe these guys listen to my podcast maybe by going hey if we do the same narratives about Howard Stern selling out maybe I'll get Hansy going or something like that but he'll pretend like he doesn't know who the fuck I am even though they all know who the fuck I am and then you know they'll probably fucking go at me about it you know what I mean but I just hate that fucking narrative of like because, again, Rogan and Howard are cut from the same fucking cloth. Joe Rogan's rise was supposed to fucking happen. He was supposed to, like, dethrone Howard as, like, the main fucking, you know, m- main guy. Even though I-, I still think, you know, he doesn't do... I, don't, I-, I think sometimes Joe Rogan's interviews are overrated a little bit sometimes to me. Sometimes they are, you know what I mean? Like, like, the, like I felt like they're a lot better, like, maybe back then or whatever. But, like, now it's just like, you know... It's like, it's like now he's reached the status of, like, what, like, now he's, become, like, you know what I mean? It's like if Howard Stern never became fucking, you know, uh, a, a super fucking liberal, like, that people fucking think he is. He could be at his core, but, you know, it's going to be revealed that he isn't a fucking liberal. You know what I mean? It's, you know what I mean? People, people think that, that, that that's where you fucking sell out. Not the part where you're fucking uh, um, intellectualizing racist, misogynist, homophobic type of fucking things. Not that kind of stuff. You, you know what I mean? And then because he called out a couple of cartoonish Republicans, you know what I mean? That you think that his brand, uh, you know, that he keeps it real about everything else. And I'm not even saying that he was wrong about certain Hollywood people and how evil they are and, or, or whatever and all that and how, how they're hypocritical and all that but at the same time it's like he's also hollywood a lot of these guys who say they're against hollywood are normally hollywood themselves it's just like they're in the lower tier you know what i mean like people think the wwe stern show type of deal because it's such lower tier of the people that are listening to them that they consider that that they don't they don't consider that hollywood on any level even though it's all kind of even the political theater that we have is fucking hollywood if you really want to be honest about it, but no one really ever wants to, you know, be honest about any of these conversations. Everyone has an agenda on some fucking level. And when you have an agenda, it's like there's no point of even discussing it because all you're going to do, all it is is just defense of another fucking place. You're going to ignore the valid criticism that of what you're defending, and then you're going to fucking shit on people, and then you're going to go for the obvious fucking thing. It's, it, it, it'd be like if you're arguing that, oh, like, like you know, like, okay, let's say I was an Eminem fan and someone is some, another fan of something else. And then they're just pointing out all the obvious things you're supposed to hate about Eminem, about being a, a woman hater, being fucking an edgelord and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know what I mean? So even if I bring up valid points about uh, stuff that he did within w- within the music, like, you know what I mean? Like some of like, the fucking actual science shit of, of, of the hip hop stuff. Then, like you know, what I mean, you're gonna ignore that because you're gonna def- because you know, what I mean, doesn't because you're trying to win an argument. It's not, we're, you're, no one's having a discussion. 
Like the the, the the whole thing about having discussions out the window. It's like different cliques, different people just trying to sway other people's opinions. And that's what online is always going to be. And, the, the, and that's why you shouldn't even engage with a lot of people online because people will go then go, oh, you don't want to have a discussion. No, it's, I, I don't want to have this fucking theatrical argument uh, uh, to, because, you, because you have a fascination with wanting to fucking redo dialogue in a fucking sitcom because you're imagining a fucking sitcom audience applauding to what you're fucking saying and laughing and whatever. You know what I mean? So that's why people that's why people go with all the insults right away too. People go with all the elitist insults and all that kind of shit. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. You know, you you you're never gonna fucking you know really satisfy any of these uh, people when you do that kind of shit, really. Um, by the way, happy happy tenth anniversary to this to this gem right here. Happy anniversary to this. By the way, Cole, uh, Adam, uh, uh, Michael Cole talking about, but, yo, speaking of Adam Cole, uh, I saw a thing, I saw a quote that he said that one of his, his, probably his favorite match to date was the hybrid match with Kyle O'Reilly, and I'm actually really glad he said that, because that's one of my favorite, I mean, it definitely wasn't, you know, I mean, again, you know, even though I didn't really like, like the matches as much as I liked them in ROH, I do remember that the, that the New Japan match they had in 2017 where Cole won the title back again from uh, Kyle O'Reilly after he, Kyle O'Reilly beat him at final battle. That, like, no one really gave a shit in that match, whatever, right? But there was a match that, like, you know, um, they had um, in 2012 when they were, I think when they were doing a storyline where they, they, each of them were paired... Each of them took a side of the of the American Wolves. One was I forget who was siding with Davy Richard and who was siding with Eddie Edwards. I forget, but what's it called? But like the um, Cole and O'Reilly had this fucking dope match, and fucking Adam Cole's fucking teeth, fucking uh, front teeth, fucking came out. So Adam Cole's mouth was fucking bleeding, and then they're just striking each other very viciously. It's like one of it is one of my fucking favorite matches, and I'm glad that. You know, Cole kind of mentioned that, like, that's one of his favorite matches to date, kind of, in a way. Because, again, because Cole's had, like, a lot of fucking great fucking matches over the years. In PWG, ROH, you know, um, you know. I, I would I would love for him to fucking have a New Japan, like, do, maybe do the G1 one year or something like that. Like, that would be fucking cool. If he could, like, you know, because, again, because you think that Cole would be, would, would have been perfect for, you know, uh, for uh, New Japan. But I felt like his presence there wasn't as fucking as effective as it could have been, in my personal opinion. But maybe he'll get that chance, man. Because a lot of people in AEW are doing, like, John Moxley was just at a, a Defy show. And even though I don't keep up with all these shows, I'm just glad that, like, we live in an era where, like, random AEW guys are just showing up at these indie shows. And they're just doing some cool-ass shit. Like, Moxley probably has, like, the best post-WWE career for me. Like, as far as, like, all the cool things that he was able to do post-WWE. You know what I mean? Do the G1, become a champion there while he's with AEW. Now he's doing GCW. 
Now he's going to defy uh, Malachi Black at what was at PWG, and him and Brody King won the tag titles there or something like that. By the way, speaking of PWG, Dino Excalibur is one of like the one of the six owners of that company. They better fucking say something about. Apparently there was a fu- apparently there was like um, a show again because these shows don't stream live. They normally tape these shows for DVDs and all that kind of stuff. Down the line, apparently, I, I would want to go order a PWG show, but like it doesn't seem like you know. But I feel like it's making a resurgence, kind of in a way. But maybe on a symbolic level, it's also making a death because there were um, a lot of fucking. Uh, apparently, a trans a tra- a trans person was there. And they're in the bathroom, and they got attacked by a drunk fan. And I, listen, I'm not denying that. It did, I'm, not, I'm not denying that it happened, but it, it always feels weird to me that when these things happen, with especially with the way they train people to think, even if you couldn't get the attack on video, obviously, I'm not saying I want the, I want to see proof. <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. I'm just saying we live in an era where now everything has been like even if you don't have the video of like of this incident happening because it happened in the bathroom apparently, like there would at least still be pictures of these fans that were in attendance who are doing these horrible things who are chanting the racist chants, chanting homophobic chants and all that kind of stuff, and part of me wonders if this is like symbolic that you you have what like you have this is like you have these uh, situations happen, so then it maybe it makes it seem like uh, people uh, like there has to be like a revelation about something that happened. Like maybe you find out that there's incentive given for these people to do that kind of bullshit because not a lot of times there's people in the business who don't really give a fuck and they'll have their employed fanboys in there doing problematic shit um, in the crowd. You know what I mean? And it, because it's used. Everything is used. Everything is organized for the sense of having like a reality show type of consequence of it playing out on social media. Like these things could be organized, and I'm wondering if it's symbolizing that the this is the end of PWG because we're gonna find out more fucked up shit that's going on. But everyone's calling for Excalibur to say something. No one is kind of saying anything in the media right now, but I, I'm hoping someone does. But at the same time, I don't want to get fucking heat for questioning. Uh, did this really fucking happen? Because look, you can't really blame me in the sense that because of you train us in social media the thing that anytime this problematic shit happens most of the time it's fucking captured on fucking video or you know you know what i mean just to like you know to like you know like you know but again i i'm not saying it didn't happen or anything like that. i'm just saying like there's no pictures to kind of hold these guys accountable because normally when someone does something problematic like that that shit is on there or is it does that represent that a lot of these situations that happened in social media land that a lot of these are to like add more fuel to the fucking fire like 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 it really happens, but like they're organized to fucking happen. Like, they, they, like these aren't random occurrences that are fucking taking place. So part of me wonders because now people are getting on Excalibur to say something, and they really should fucking say something. Because if you don't, then you know what I mean. But people are gonna harp on this more than you harp on McMahon and and what he's covered up. Even though all these people in pro wrestling are probably living by the Mc, the McMahon initiations that that surround the entire fucking industry that plague the entire fucking industry, but. No one wants to think that fucking far, right?
don't know, man. Somebody did reply to me by saying, uh, it's possible there's no witnesses in the battle. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree with that. But if something that big fucking happened, because again, somebody attacking a fucking trans person, that would be a big fucking thing on the list that people would definitely fucking, at least, I'm not saying obviously record, record or like have like some fucking documentation of the incident happening, whatever, right? But the people would at least be able to fucking have the fucking, have the fucking uh, pictures to go, hey guys, can you find out who these people are who did this fucking shit? Because that norm that normally ends up happening more often than not, right? But again, like you can't really. But, but again, like I do think that this might be an organized situation where you're gonna find out more about, uh, you know, PWG's problematic shit that goes on, and then you know people are gonna want to cancel X. But again, X caliber better say something. You know what I mean? Because again, if you don't say anything, then you're gonna give fucking all the anti AEW shit people who don't even really care about these incidences. Because if they really did, they would hold Vince McMahon responsible for a lot of the fucking behavior that exists in professional wrestling, um, in, in negative ways and. General, but people don't really want to do that because that, and that's the problem with looking at it like everything is fucking separate when a lot of stuff in the industry is all interconnected and even your a, your precious AEW versus WWE feud that's fucking interconnected as well I, I'm sorry to break it to a lot of fucking people you can still want a fucking a new company to get behind but you know just you know just actually fucking tell the truth don't fucking you know because because now we're going by the old fucking narratives again where like, oh look, WWE is out of touch and all that kind of shit. And this pay per view did no favors for this fucking company, basically, especially with the ending. But I'll, I'll I'm gonna go get into that. But I really do hope that they do. PWG does address that shit, and I hope people in the media do um, cover that because that's fucking. Because if people are being attacked for being fucking trans or being gay at shows, then dude, that that, that I, I know there's gonna be a whole portion of people that don't fucking give a shit because they, a lot of people are closeted homophobes, anyways. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people themselves are closeted, and they don't really give a shit about it because, like, you know, they, they, they think to themselves, well, I'm gay, and I don't want to come out, but I don't really give a shit about all this, so me being homophobic is going to solve all the problems for this type of shit. But that definitely should be, um, that definitely should be addressed. But again, you can't really, br I mean, when it's, when it's someone from AEW who might be kind of like, you know, uh, part of a company that might be fucking problematic on some fucking level, you can't really bring that fucking shit up, apparently, you know what I mean? So, it doesn't fucking really matter, really, to, to, to these people. But that's fucking horrible if that fucking is what happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like the people, people should fucking, you know, be able to fucking defend themselves from these fucking assholes that come and do that. And part of me wonders because like the wrestling business is such a mafia fucking business. They have like a lot of these fucking employed fanboys or fangirls that are fucking just like, you know, like, you know, just like people who are not mentally all there, but they're there to like basically uh, bring this uh, spontaneity, spontaneity to this fucking, to the atmosphere. Like, I always say that fucking, that, that, that attack on Bret Hart from the fan, that was like probably one of McMahon's fucking underground fucking, you know, m mentally ill guys that he has that they, they, they can fucking, you know, say, oh, he went to jail or something like that. 
But, like, they have a lot of these guys, you know what I mean? Like, that guy who comes to the fucking performance center who's, like, off his meds and he's fucking stalking people. It, you know, th- those people, like, like this is not fucking co- a coincidence. It's because WWE has, uh, encourages that kind of behavior, basically, behind the fucking scenes. But then they get to, they, they get to pretend like they're not. Like, even that Sonya Deville thing. Like, a lot, like, like a lot of those fucking, you know, fan, a lot of these people are fucking uh, attached to the fucking, to the system itself. Like, the system creates chaos and to these people's lives, but I mean, you can't have that conversation because people don't. Because again, it'd rock the boat, and people would not get their access if you pointed that shit out. But I don't really give a shit about my access, so I mean, it is what it is. But um, I'm gonna go into the Extreme Rules uh, pay per view. I want to do some some like you know unscripted talking before I go into a script and fuck everything up like I normally do because you know. And then, but I think it's more fun me stuttering um, my recap because it's hilarious, right? I'm a, f- a lowly fucking piece of shit who stutters a lot, so. Um, yeah. What's going on? The demon! Setting Jay Uso up for him! Oh, that's going to the table! A powerball by the demon! Jimmy's out! Jay's out! Roman with a... Champion Roman Reigns retains in the damnest of 
Before I go into script mode, I gotta say the pay-per-view, again, pay-per-view was pretty fucking, I thought it was a pretty decent show. I thought, I, I thought maybe because of fan, the fans were the ones that um, basically helped make this as well. It was, a, it was a good crowd in Columbus, Ohio, man, I'm not gonna fucking lie. Like, it was a, it was a pretty good fucking crowd, you know, but, um, but I mean, listen, I, I enjoyed the show, but obviously people are talking about what happened at the end, obviously. And I, you know, I'll get into it, but like it's just, dude, like you know, like it just, I feel bad for for Balor's character. And if there's ever someone that I want to fucking leave this company right away, it would be him right away. And listen, I know people are gonna be like, you don't care about his money, you don't care about his his his, his the money that he's gonna have, the security to know that he's getting paid every. I'm sure this guy has saved up a lot of fucking money, and I'm sure he has under the table fucking methods of also fucking making money as well. Trust me, you know what I mean. He he he's done enough. He's done all. He's done all he can in WWE. You know what I mean. It was cool that you know. What I mean, I, I was a huge advocate because they're they're going towards more of an indie style, you know, or more of a like a work rate style in NXT. So I always kind of want, I go oh, Prince Devin would be amazing because he's a shoe in for someone to be like the when I saw him in uh, in New Japan, and I, I saw what he did. I was like, yo, this guy can be a fucking huge star in America, man. He can be a really really fucking huge star. And I thought like they're they're doing a good job in NXT with the fucking guy, um, you know the first NXT run was okay, but the second one he had like a really really good fucking you know a really good thing fucking going you know what I mean? I, I playing the fucking um, the serious tweener kind of in a way you know and he, and and now you you thought okay he 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 served his time there they'll do good with him already you know he got taken out by John Cena. He not to take him by Baron Corbin, and John Cena took his fucking shot. He keeps saying that he'll probably get John Cena in a match, but I don't even really fucking think so, really, man. I mean, he he did pin John Cena like in two thousand eighteen, or, or it was one of the times they they did a fucking uh, um, a gauntlet match or something like that. But he did pin John Cena at one point. I don't know. Anyway, the kickoff show I wasn't really paying attention to um, because I, I was still editing. I was still like. Trying to trying to find a way to like do the fucking art for the fucking podcast, which is always half assed, but it's more about finding the perfect pictures. And sometimes I'm like, do I need the pictures for this? You know, but it's whatever. But I I think Sonya was on the kickoff and some shit about Naomi and Bianca. I didn't know, but people were, were reacting to it on online. But I didn't. No one really reported about it on uh, on 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 the thing, whatever. So, um, and and apparently those uh, um. And I I, I I forgot how this happened. I I didn't see how this initially happened, but I I just saw La- I just, I tuned in when Lashley and Biggie were 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 brawling. But apparently AJ and Omos were complaining about not being on the show. Then the New Day came and mocked them, who are also not on the show. And then they 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 started kind of getting into a fight. And then then Biggie and Lashley started brawling. So then they put they ended up putting the six-man tag of that on the fucking show. Again, even in storyline, that's a kayfabe reality show setup, basically. You know what I mean? Like, in, 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 in kayfabe real life, that was, like, a scripted segment to fucking happen to basically get things... Because it's a, it's a reality show. If you, don't, if, you, if you pay attention to WWE and you look at it, and re- in wrestling in general, as a reality show, uh, like, in reality show format kind of way then it makes it much more easier to kind of decipher it. And I'm not saying that this should be the norm. I'm just saying that you could have a character kind of come in and kind of, you know, 
point the stuff out basically and then kind of make it go back like to to correlate you know the past behavior with current behavior because it's now tying in perfectly with how cartoonish wwe is becoming now you can you know point that fucking shit out and uh and you can kind of make make, make there be a revolution of it but i mean no one's ever really gonna point it out no one likes to you know i, I don't know it doesn't really matter um uh, people were complaining about uh, Peacock uh, had English and Spanish going at the same time. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't complain. I was watching it on my TV channel in Canada. You know what I mean? It's like the one time where we have the advantage over a lot of people in America over who are watching on Peacock, unfortunately. But I mean that whole. I mean, if it's a narrative of Peacock, you know, being being you know, fucking up, and then people are not happy with that, about that, and then Fox Fox and WWE are not really getting along, and there's some rumors about that what's going on over there. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. The pre-show had Carmella versus Liv. Apparently there were audio issues for Peacock. You know, during this match as well. Part of me that even thinks they could have just. They could have given Liv a chance to be on the pay-per-view. They put this abysmal build feud on on the on the pre-show, which okay, fine, which is fine. But you wanted to you 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 wanted on the kickoff, but then WWE fucking up the audio kind of further. To me, I I wouldn't be I, WWE kind of buried her more by having this you know having this happen. You know what I mean? I don't think I don't think it was an accident because WWE is in this whole thing where like a lot of the fucking stuff is online complaints now. Even if it means detrimental to their own product, like like, like no one's gonna protest about this about during this match, whatever, right? But it was like a, it, it, it's always a nice fuck up, and, and you can't tell me you know they wouldn't do that because this is right up Vince's alley to fuck with people. This is the same guy who told Cole to say anal bleeding on live television. You know what I mean? He has that kind of I mean he has that kind of humor to fuck with people. But I mean, it further adds accumulated complaints on of Dirty Peacock becoming horrible. But this was a, I mean, this this was a good match for what it was, man. Carmella was doing micro before the match, and at least they they just let Liv kind of shrug it off, opposed to like getting Caddy on the mic, which was fine to me. So, anyways, Liv goes for some Matrix like move into a roll up. Uh, she sends Carmella to outside with a drop kick. Carmella gets the advantage brawling outside. Liv hits a Thez press. I want to say this got a good pop, but it could have been piped in. I don't know. But people were into this fucking match. Carmella gets a super kick. Liv fires back with a code breaker variant. Carmella gets a triangle submission. She does on the ropes. Liv catches her with a backstabber variant outside. She does the same move that hurt Carmella's face before. And then hits her with the oblivion for the win. Decent match. Uh, you know, I was like in the middle of podcasts, you know, art editing during this. So I, 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 I wasn't paying super close attention to all. I, I didn't expect this to be... On the kickoff, I thought they just add another another match on the kickoff. I'm I, I'm actually surprised they didn't put Big E on the that that would have got like a lot of fucking complaints if Big E, the the WWE champion, just was thrown on the kickoff match with like him and New Day versus Styles and Om- Styles Omos and uh, and Lashley. Like that would have been you know what I mean. So maybe they made the call to go okay, we'll we'll, we'll put this Liv Morgan Carmella match. Into the fucking kickoff while we give the and this was a good match. You know what I mean? They started with uh, New Day, Omos, Styles, Lashley. Lashley still minus MVP. Kind of, kind of ran this match happen, but I figured they would get this going. Even though your New Day champions in the opening six man tag can bring Chris. I don't mind it because while you could, you have this match set up for Extreme Rules where Big E, like I mean, you could have just set this match. You could have like set this match, uh, uh, this advanced cash in. 
for Extreme Rules if you're going to go this route with Big E becoming champion. You know, where Big E cashes in advance to avenge Kofi and Woods if they kept that feud consistent. But I didn't expect anything from these guys. Um, but maybe I didn't expect anything from these guys to be on the show. I thought there would be no like, like, but maybe like an angle to set up something for the Saudi show or something like that. But something tells me the title might be back on Lashley in time for Saudi Arabia. Keep in mind this is before the match began. And I'm wondering at this point if Lashley pins Big E and set up a title shot on Raw. I mean, I wasn't wrong. I was I was wrong, but I wasn't wrong at the same time. I'll get through that. Uh, although I said if that happens, Goldberg would cost Lashley the match because their match doesn't need the title, but we'll go in. So Styles would start off, would get suplexed, then, then counters another one, and strikes and gets the advantage. They're countered with leg sweeps, blocks. AJ transitions to a submission, and AJ talks shit like he was a, it was a, the, the, like the cap, the, the, ca, the, the, um, the calf crusher was like a warning shot, so Kofi gets tagged in. Kofi gets him strike. They both counter backdrops. Now Styles wants Big E. So story story is AJ wants to go at every everyone in the New Day members. Big E clotheslines a charging AJ, and then Big E wants Lashley in the ring. They strike uh, viciously, but Lashley gets the advantage for a bit by clotheslining him. Big E isolates Lashley into their corner with shoulders and stomps. All members of the New Day get stomps right after one another. They take in pretty fun spot. Lashley rolls out. Kofi slingshots outside. La- Lashley catches him, but Woods drop kicks Kofi's back. The team face, the team face, the team all face off, talking shit outside. Lashley destroys Kofi with a violent throw. Um, they isolate him in the corner. Almost gets in. He's striking Kofi down for a bit. Almost as a vertical delayed suplex, but drops him face first. Styles then works on him with a chin lock. Styles shoves Woods off the apron. Kofi does the cave in thing that Grimes kind of does. Kofi pulls down the rope for a charging Lashley so he can make a tag, but Lashley pulls because Lashley landed on his feet, so he immediately pulls Biggie down, destroys him. So Kofi doesn't have anyone to tag. Lashley one arm spine busters Kofi. Pretty solid, simple story, you know, being told in the match. Kofi counters a dominator, but still has, has has no one to tag. He lays in some kicks to Lashley, but and he made the mistake of being in their corner. So Lashley gets the advantage. Kofi eventually tags Woods in. Woods gets some fairy offense, ten punches, shotgun, drop kick, a nice tornado DT. Lashley counters something uh, Woods was gonna do and catches him for a power slam. They fight on on top, and Woods gets um gets him off the rope. It hits a missile drop kick. Styles Biggie ta- uh, tag in. Biggie hits more belly to belly suplexes in between each. One, he's knocking off other, the other members the, from, the, from the team off the fucking apron, and then he does a big splash. Fans are really actually into this. Styles does uh, his strike Pele kick combo. Biggie catches him in the corner with a urinagi. Styles on the apron, he counters Biggie's spear and knees him, in, and then stomps on. Uh, then I mean, he he tried to roll him up. So I, I thought he stomped on him for a second, but it was it, it was happening so fast I couldn't keep up. Biggie has Styles up, uh, has Styles up, and Kofi stomps on his chest. From the for the, the top rope, Lashley breaks the pin and then does a dominator variant on uh, for a near fall. Kofi leapfrogs Lashley, which sends him outside. He back body drops Styles outside and then Biggie assists Kofi outside, but Omos hits him midair outside and then Styles hits the woods with a flying fist off the off the apron. Biggie gets flatlined. Styles tags in while Lashley's setting up for the spear, but then Styles does a phenomenal forearm, but Lashley tags back in as he's on top, on top of the ropes. Then Lashley comes in. He he spears Styles when Biggie moves, gets rid of Styles, and Biggie hits the big ending for the win. Um, I'm glad they made Biggie win. I'm glad they kind of shit on my plans of having Lashley win, but it feels like 
for the for this time being, Lashley will pivot maybe to a Styles feud. Maybe I put here, but I was kind of wrong because they're still going to a Big E feud. But I'm still going to read my notes. Still, you know, that's the whole beauty of me being wrong. This is the beauty of me writing these lives sometimes, and then you know, then you know, being completely wrong afterwards, and then I have to adjust my fucking thing, whatever. But, um. I'm sure I'm sure we'll see this on Raw multiple fucking times, but I I I don't think I I I have I, I don't think I've seen Styles and Lashley that often. So I mean I was I'm just trying to remember, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure during the time before MVP, he may they may have gotten into something with Lashley and Styles. I I, I mean at least I don't fucking think I I want to check pro I I don't want to check pro pro fight database to see if AJ and uh, Lashley had ever had a fucking match before. But this was a good match. It was, it was a good match, though. It was really one of those matches where the performers from New Day feel more, very motivated, and it shows how good they can really be when they're when it's mostly serious shit. And it made all of New Day look like you know, like actual stars in this match. You know what I mean? Like Biggie was really, really fucking over. Woods Woods has more and more dope performances. You know what I mean? But Big but Biggie was the one that really stood out, as it should be, because he's a fuck, he's a champion, right? Um. Later on, later on, we see Lashley is fuming backstage. Uh, again, this is like later on the, in the show. He calls, he calls um, Biggie a coward for how he won the title, how he won tonight, and he calls him a chicken shit, challenges him for the title, and he dares him to f- do it, and tells him to forget New Day and everything, but he wants the title back. Really fired up promo, and I guess they'll end up going for this match, despite it being definitive for how... Biggie won, but here I thought they would actually go to Lashley and Styles, which I was wrong about. But we will see how this plays out, you know, on Raw because I, I could see this company fucking making Biggie lose. But who fucking knows? I would be into a Biggie ver- again. I would be into a Biggie versus Styles for t- for the title though. If you know, if like it, if 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 Goldberg and uh, Lashley kind of pivot into a non-title feud, because I believe that. Because then who else do you have for Biggie? At the Saudi show, if Biggie, if Biggie's even going to the Saudi show, so I would say that you should put Biggie versus Styles if Biggie keeps the title. Basically, you know what I mean. You know, um, just a matter of how they do. So then, here we go. Uh, wait a minute. Let me see right here. Then Biggie later on was saying Lashley lost his damn mind. He's gonna make him. Um, he's gonna make him. He's gonna make him find it. So he doesn't hide behind Woods or Kofi. He should be ashamed of himself. Mocks his knee for being hurt and says he's be- he better get ready and he'll be on Raw ready to defend the championship at eight p.m. If they didn't want people to think that these are just for for ratings ploy, they would not. They would not have to clarify that this is going to happen at eight p.m. But this was a good promo tone for Biggie. He felt very serious champion. Why when he becomes serious, people online always. Praise it, but then spend the rest of the time telling us not to want a serious Big E. But this feels like another attempt to kind of pop a fucking rating, and they're kind of using Big E's title reign as a guinea pig for this kind of shit, really, in my personal opinion. But, I mean, we'll see what fucking ends up happening with it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the next match... Uh, we saw um, Big e, we saw Becky getting, getting ready backstage. We have Usos versus the Prophets. I should mention that the, uh, during the during the uh, during the uh, um, pre-show, Prophets looked really really serious about what was happening, and then they and then even Peter Rosenberg mentioned on the pre-show 
that oh will we see the same tone like he's call like you know what I mean he's calling it out just in case that's a good analysis from Peter Rosenberg I'm not gonna fucking lie to you because you know Prophets didn't come out like looking pissed off I guess it's like part of their sports entertainment kayfabe reality show requirements that when you do entrances you gotta be fucking really really happy see that's another thing where you can expose those kind of things maybe some of these performers really want to be, you know, mad when they want to be mad. And then when they have to be performers for their entrance, they have to fucking, you know, come in and kind of those rules kind of exist. See, it's a lot more fun when you book it in my head, you know what I mean? Because, like, it's really, really fucked up. When you don't, when you, when you think logically, come on, man, when you think logically, you think that's going to do anything? Who wants to think logically nowadays? You got to think convoluted, man. You got to think inconsistent, you know? So, um, Montez ribs are taped. Dawkins and Jimmy start off and lock up, and Dawkins talks shit about um about him being here now because he wasn't on Friday. Dawkins has the advantage of drop kicks, shoulder tackles. Jay is in. The prophets drop kick each member and the clothes lines them over the top. They work on Montez ribs when one of them kicked him in um, as he ran the ropes. They hint at a, a, a double suplex, but they drop Montez on the on the um, ropes rib first. Jay rips off the tape. Um, on the outside, Montez is really selling the ribs as they work on him. Pretty good story being told in the ring. I like when people sell injuries from previous matches, especially since it's, it was a grueling match on Friday for him. Um, Montez tries to make a tag, but Jay keeps tugging at him. Montez counters a backdrop and moves out of the way from a splash into the corner, and Montez tags in. Dawkins does the usual face-first slam, corkscrew shoulder tackle. Um, shoulders into the corner does a bulldog. Jimmy does a suicide dive on the outside, but Dawkins does a fallaway slam and then cuts Jay's um, Jay's uh, dive attempt short and throws him into the barricade. For some reason, the fans at this point keep chanting, "We want tables." I mean, it's extreme rules, but I mean, Dawkins gets a twisting neck breaker for a close call. Dawkins gets Jimmy um up and Montez does a blockbuster for a near fall, still selling the ribs. People were complaining that, "Oh, why do these moves?" Okay. It's one thing, okay, it's one thing for them to do the moves and not sell the effects of it, but, like, this is part of his offense, so he would be doing, he would have to be trying to do his moveset, because then he has to fucking, he, he's not gonna, like, come up with a new moveset, so even though there's a high risk, that, that, that adds to the point that maybe high-risk maneuvers don't pay off in the situation. You can, if you had commentators that actually, you know, put that, you know, hammer that home, basically, you know what I mean? Um... Where was I? Where was I? Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I'm laughing at my fucking notes. I don't know. It just suddenly there's just random. <clears throat> um. So yeah, he did. He, he, he you know he does a uh, uh, the the blockbuster for um, a close call. Dawkins gets Jimmy up and Montez. Um, yeah, so yeah, so I left, I left off here. Dawkins gets Jimmy up, Montez is the blockbuster for a near fall, still selling his ribs. I thought he was gonna fuck it up because of the ribs. Usos do a double spine buster on Dawkins, kind of like how Ron Simmons would look, like, you know, how he would drop them. That's, that's, that's what, again, when I'm out researching the moves myself and I'm doing them on the spot, I just kind of go with what comes to my fucking mind right away. And then, cause you know what I mean? Cause it'll save me time later on. But sometimes I, sometimes I do look at other websites to see if, like, I could fill the gaps in between what the moves 
move might be called tonight. Might not be fam familiar with the move on the spot, kind of. You know what I mean? Montez blind tags as Usos doing the running hip in the corner, and then Dawkins gets him down. Dawkins gets him down, and Montez does the frog splash, and he and he and he hit the he uh, gets hit in the ribs. Um, he gets hit in the ribs. Uh, you know what I mean? And then he he, he still fucking gets a near fall. Um. No, 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 sorry, 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 no, he, he gets hit in the ribs, Jay Uso, I think one of the Usos pinned him for a near fall, whatever, but then, but then as he's sitting there, Montez does a crucifix pin on the guy, as like, he's like, in disbelief, whatever, um, he, yeah, to, on Jay for the roll-up, and then, uh, and, and then they try the blockbuster again, but Montez drops, as Jay shoves Dawkins into the ropes because Montez is really struggling. So this was a really good story being told that Montez can't do his offense, but he's still going to persevere and try his offense because, you know, he's being, because he has to try to win the fucking tag titles, right, ever, right? Um, yeah, so, um, he, so Jimmy does a splash onto Dawkins and it's a near fall. I thought it was over right here. Dawkins throws them over, both over the ropes, and Usos throw, um, then throw him into the barricade. Montez does a dive from the top to the outside, which gets a fucking really good reaction, um, and then gets Jay inside for a frog splash, and he does the RVD selling, you know what I mean, where he's still in pain from you know doing the actual move, which is pretty fucking good. And then when you think it's over, Jimmy breaks up the pin. Fans are getting really into this. Dawkins takes the super kicks from the Usos to push Montez out of the way. But then Ford gets a roll-up for a near fall. They both super kick him at the same time. And then they both do the double splash on the top and the Usos retain. I said solid fucking match. Montez really told a really good story with the selling of his ribs. This would be good if if, if, the, if he did it a bit longer than Matt Jackson selling his lower back. It really made Montez stand out as a performer, but it also made Dawkins uh, have to up his game because he had to fight off the Usos for the majority. You know what I mean? He, it was like he had to take the the brunt of the punishment. Like him shoving the uh, Montez out of the way to take the super kick was really, really solid fucking shit. You know what I mean? Um, but it was a really solid story, you know, uh, and this is why, you know, Profits are a great team, because it was a really solid, solid story being told, and even, even though he sold the ribs and can, and, and, and even though he could, she sold the ribs and he didn't do all his moves precisely as he would normally do them, right? You know what I mean? So, um, but like, I mean, you could justify it by there being an adrenaline rush for him and it still kind of cost him, you know what I mean? And sometimes stories like this being told in tag matches are really needed. And I know it's WWE, so you can't give any teams in the world credit unless their name on the Young Bucks, but this was fucking dope. I thought it was really, really solid. Uh, I thought it was a good, you know, I, I'm glad, I mean, it gives you a possible out for why they would do it. It would have, I mean, it would have been dope if they won the tag titles, but I don't think they're letting Usos, I mean, Usos seem to be pivoting into a few with the fucking American, Al the, the American, um, the Alpha Academy, because they had a, I forgot to mention that when they're backstage on SmackDown, uh, before Roman Reigns went out for his segment, uh, the Usos were like having a, had a stare down, had a kind of a stare down with the uh, American Alpha. I don't know who's gonna be the t who's gonna be the fucking good guys in that feud or not, but I mean, I mean, whatever. Um, I said apparently during the Bliss and Bliss entrance, Peacock went to commercial. I said, man, it's great to watch the, on a TV channel where it's fine, not have to worry about these glitches. You know what I mean? The one time that the Canadian viewer is a kind of ahead of the American viewer. Bliss gets a good reaction. They lock up. They cheer and boost spots. Bliss gets shoved from a lock up, but still does a tilt a whirl. 
Charlotte shoves her, but Bliss does a plancha from the apron onto on the outside. Bliss keeps the spider... She does, like, not a spider webbing into the ropes, but, like, she's, like, hanging onto the ropes to kind of freak her out, taunt Charlotte. But Charlotte's not, 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 not having it with any of this and just slams her face down on the mat repeatedly. Charlotte gets a backbreaker on Bliss. So, so, I said, so far, you can tell Charlotte's working towards her limitations, but, but uh, luckily, they've got the crowd with their character antics. Charlotte extends her arm back and puts the foot on the back. Bliss gets a jawbreaker. Charlotte's in, uh, in, um, in the front... In the front, does a front Alabama slam position. It's a front Alabama slam position, and but Bliss extended it, uh, extended to the back of Charlotte, which looks impressive. Like you know what I mean? Like she has her in the Alabama like position. Like, you know how Drew McIntyre does it, but then like she, I forget what that's called. You know, I forget what it's called, but like she has her like in the Alabama Alabama slam, like not like like a front like the way that Drew McIntyre has it does it right. But then instead she's like having uh, she's hanging on by the legs on her shoulders and Bliss is extended down to her back basically that's what I'm trying to fucking say but this is me trying to this is uh, this is what this is me doing this live um, while this is happening and I can't can't think of the fucking moves you know what I mean so I mean it is what it is but I mean who's expecting anything from me the fact that I'm like wearing pants and the fact that I'm like actually breathing fucking air you know that should be impressive enough for for, for my fucking accomplishments for the day you know what I mean I don't have professional recapper on my fucking resume. I don't think I, I don't even have a resume. I don't think I don't. I don't know. Who gives a shit? Um, where was I? Um, they look impressive though. But Bliss ends up doing Ronos on Charlotte into the second buckle. Charlotte flatlines her into the second buckle as well. Bliss pulls her down from the rope, and then they, they do basement drop kicks her to the outside. Charlotte catches her with what looks like to be a power bomb, but then she just swings her into the barricade. You know, really badly. Charlotte gets a different pinning combination. Corey's explaining how how doing this takes energy for Bliss to kick out. So it's not pretty, but effective. I can appreciate that that explanation for that shit. Charlotte does the moonsault, but then adjusts and because Bliss moves, and then she ends up doing a standing moonsault. Bliss Bliss gets a standing senton. Charlotte um, pins Bliss and then the dead deadlifts her. I put deadlights her. Deadlifts her and then slams her down for another pin attempt. Charlotte moonsaults and Bliss gets her foot up. At the least, they tell us that. It didn't look like she got. A, it didn't look like she even hit her. But I mean, Bliss does a sunset bomb for a near fall. Bliss misses a twisted Bliss. Charlotte gets a figure four, but then the, the Bliss cradles for a near fall. Then Bliss does her DT and Charlotte gets her foot on the rope. Charlotte grabs Lily and throws it at Bliss and boots Bliss in the face. Shoves her in the turnbuckle and then does a natural selection for the win. I'm not gonna lie, this was pretty decent. She rips Lily up to a core of booze they gave us a decent match and tomorrow they're probably i mean i put here tomorrow when raw they're probably gonna set up some really spooky shit but bliss attacks her afterwards and then just throws fists at her and jumps on her to the outside but charlotte just throws her over the table i mean i can't complain about this match but i'm sure i'll complain on raw when lily ends up pinning charlotte for the title or some shit they're closing up on lily ripped up body and the fans are clapping like this is a human being while bliss is crying fans are chanting thank you lily I want to say this was a this was the one time that, this is the one time I wish WWE was piping in noise, but no, this is actually fucking happening. And Bliss was fucking crying, and they're focusing way too much time on this. Like, how many times do you have to hear her fucking scream and convulse? I think there's even drool coming out of her mouth too. That that was fucking disgusting the living shit out of me. And by the way, I didn't even notice that, but online people were saying that you could see the tablet in her mouth to help. Uh, make the foaming from her mouth look 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 like that, but it was I was too disgusted by even by the fucking by the slobber to even fucking notice this. 
I mean, I guess it's, uh, you know, too late for me to ask for those Tonka commercials for, you know, Bliss uh, from Lily and, uh, you know, uh, Charlie. But, you know, I guess th th that's what's going to end up happening, I guess. I want to believe this could ground Bliss back into a regular person again, but something tells me that it's going to make it more demonic or something. But it feels this feud's going to continue. And it ends up, and if it ends up on the Saudi show, the discourse from that is just going to be fucking hilarious. I mean, this is... But I, but I, but I mean, this really let me know that sp the crowd were really good sports. They, they, like, they thanked the fucking dead doll, basically. You know what I mean? But apparently, I, apparently Bliss is taking time off. Apparently, that was reported today, basically, that she's taking time off. Or, or she could be off television, so I guess they're not really going to do this um, anymore. I guess they're not going to keep it going. But, I mean, who's to say that Lily has to take time off, right? You know? Maybe Lily will come back as a fucking, uh, as a goat. I mean, something, something spooky is going to fucking end up happening. Heyman's on the phone talking about the draft. Kayla sticks up the mic in his face. He's annoyed. He calls her, he calls her mommy when she asks who he's talking to. He asks if she's, a, is, is she afraid that he's talking to another journalist or maybe an actual journalist or another woman? But maybe she thinks it's Brock and asks, and asks, shouldn't he cover all his bases? And then, you know, he kind of just goes on about the Usos interrupt being hyped up for the, after the win. And Paul, he says, he's got to go, but he tells Taylor to call him in a condescending manner, like, I mean, listen, I, I like that Heyman is making Kayla a better performer by this. You know what I mean? It makes, you know, I like that, that the interviewers are kind of, you know, kind of getting, you know, their scoop and they're not just being fucking robots. You know what I mean? So in, in actuality, Kayla has become a better performer because of what Heyman's, you know, nagging does. And I wish that this would happen more. You need more mean genes in the, in the world where, you know, you, you're not putting up with fucking shit. Um... You know, a nice, uh, you know, Seamus, Jeff Hardy, Priest, uh, a nice let's go Hardy chance, so naturally Seamus kicks him out of the ring. Priest, Seamus exchanges strikes with Priest getting the better of it. Priest lands outside with Seamus clotheslining him over the top ropes and they fight around the ring. Priest is getting better, um, uh, getting better at that as well. Hardy's still missing in action as people are cheering for him still. He launches off the steps onto Seamus, but he moves so it hits Priest. Seamus and Hardy fight for a bit. Hardy leaps off the apron onto Seamus. Priest flips over the ropes onto both of them. He elbows Seamus and Hardy in the opposite corners. Gets Hardy for a falcon arrow. Uh, Seamus breaks up the pin. The fans again are chanting for tables. Seamus does um, does a face plant does face plant Priest into the ring post outside. He hits Hardy with a fucking Irish uh, a fucking Irish break breaker. I don't know why I put fucking there. Seamus slams Hardy after Hardy was charging and getting in some offense. He does a ten beats of Bahrain, but Priest cuts it off short by elbowing him. He in, but he loses his footing and falls off accidentally, and then does it to back to Seamus from the outside. Seamus knocks him off the apron. And Hardy out of nowhere with a shotgun dropkick. Hardy does a, uh, his combo moves with the inverted drop, you know, inverted atomic drop, and you know, uh, and the leg drop. Uh, Hardy gets a Russian leg sweep and then does a pinning combination where Priest breaks the pin. Hardy does a whisper in the wind on both of them. He pins Sheamus for a near fall. Sheamus gets Hardy for an Alabama slam. I, I'm surprised he hasn't renamed his version to something, you know, Irish or something, you know, something Ireland from Ireland. He does a key to the clover leaf on him. Priest and Sheamus go at it. Priest kicks him right in the nose from the outside. Sheamus gets the white noise. Hardy hits Sheamus with a twist of fate, but Priest gets him with the bell ringer. Hardy reverses the reckoning and they both fall down, which is hilarious, but Priest gets a twist of uh, priest gets the no uh, hardy gets a twist of fate 
they rebounded dope though. You know what I mean? Sheamus tops to, tosses Hardy off the top rope, and then he and then he as he was doing the swanton, and then this and then this gets a lot a big boot. This gets big boots. Sheamus is taunting Hardy's. He has his mask off by this time, anyways. Ha, ha, uh, he mocks Hardy. Um, he's taunting Hardy from the top, and then does a leg drop. He does like he was doing the Hardy fucking mannerisms, which I thought was fucking hilarious, man. That, that Sheamus is Sheamus is really fucking you know become a really good performer, man. Like I. I wish people had given him a chance back when they were actually pushing him, but because WWE was telling you they're pushing him, so naturally the internet would be against him. Because that's all WWE has to do is to get you against somebody by telling you that they're going to be behind them and pushing them, basically. Um, that's what it was. I um, Priest avoids a broke kick, but then gets caught with a kick from the corner. Uh, but then gets caught with a kick from the corner. Priest choke slams Sheamus off the top, and then Hardy swantons off the top rope onto both of them. Fans are really excited for Hardy. I haven't seen this much support for this guy. It's making me feel like I'm back in 2008. Fans react to each strike Priest and Hardy are doing. Um, Priest does a disaster kick-like move, but Sheamus catches him with a broke kick. Then Hardy pins Priest for a near fall. Hardy rolls up, uh, rolls up, counters the white noise, white noise, but then he gets a broke kick, and then Priest rolls him up for for the win. Rolls up Sheamus for the win. This match was really good. I wish they had booked this division more consistently because this, these, these shows on the network or streaming service are always good and dope matches, but they'll do this for another few weeks where I just don't fucking care. And I, I like this I like this match, you know, a lot. Cardio is getting a lot of respect. Made me feel good because like, this, man, this man's like a, an OG in the fucking game, right? I wish they had used him more consistently because it feels like for the first time in a while, his character has some fucking life in it. Um, more so, you know. Uh, maybe give him some compelling feuds and storyline like, like not everything has to be for a title feud or any of that but you can still maximize hardy's legend status to for, for better use than being in the 24 7 division you know what i mean like uh, again please look good with another definitive win they got uh this, this got controversial online because assholes have to pretend like they're mocking the internet with how they're not with how they're not saying shit now that hardy was in a title match it negates all the complaining about how people are wondering why he was in the 24 7 division yeah, like, he had a good night. Like, they act like the U.S. title even means anything to these fucking, to, like, the company itself. He got, like, he got beat weeks ago, and then he gets, he gets to join in. The, and then people get mad at me for generalizing their shit talk on the internet when they're the ones generalizing all the internet talk all the fucking time. It becomes, like, really, really fucking annoying. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like oh, look, who's in a title match? That must mean that the internet was wrong about their assessment about how this is fucking going. Like, like shut the fuck up with that, man. Like, people get so fucking annoying with, like, having to, like, make their personalities online be anti-internet. Like, you're, you're not a fucking, you, you're not a heel in a fucking, on Monday Night Raw. Like, just, like, shut the fuck up. Stop fucking generalizing everyone on the fucking internet. And, you know what I mean? Because, again, it's mostly these shill accounts that are the ones that are doing it. It's, like, always these blue checkmark people that are always fucking doing that shit. Um, Bianca versus Becky... Um, B- Becky was in all white wearing one of those jackets that would that looks like a swagged out demolition jacket with like the, the, the like not 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 silver beads but like you know they're they're more gold they're golden but I, I don't know what to call it the di- like the diamonds whatever on the I don't want to say they're diamonds on the demolition thing but well who gives a shit this is why I shouldn't this is this is a reminder of why I don't fucking make mention of what these people are wearing and I focus on the action but the thing is I have to like paint some kind of picture but. I fail at everything anyway, so I mean, why the fuck not, right? 
So, um, it's a mixed reaction for both of them. I mean, at least for at least for Becky, you know what I mean? Like they're they're into Bianca. Like they weren't like trying to like cheer Becky and boo, boo Bianca. They're into both of these women. You know what I mean? They redo the handshake again, but Bianca strikes. Strikes her. They both attempt their finishers, but Becky escapes and rolls to the outside. Bianca keeps getting the better of her. They lock up more. Crowd is split here with "Let's go Becky, Let's go Bianca." Becky cuts her off. cuts cuts off her leapfrog and goes for the arm bar. Um, Becky gets rolled up. Bianca wins the test of strength and whips her into both corners. Becky tells her to kiss her ass when she runs up the rope. Off the top rope, Becky, uh, after Becky whipped her into the corner, right? And Bianca drop kicks uh, outside and then. Uh, and then Becky is regrouping and talking shit to Cole. Uh, Becky uses Bianca's braid to pull, pull, um, pull back, pull uh, back, and uh, jump from the apron. Then does a natural selection-looking move. I think they're piping in these chants now. I, I have no fucking clue. No one's moving while these while these chants are going at times. You know what I mean? Becky works on her for a bit and taunting the crowd. She does a sliding knee drop. Uh, elbow, Bianca moved out of the way from a leg drop, Bianca uses her hair braid to, um, no, Be Becky uses her hair braid to pull her down, Becky screams at the fans to cheer for the champ, I mean, WWE surely piping, no will surely pipe in that fucking, you know, reaction for her, I guess, I don't know, they do counters, Bianca's able to counter the disarmor, Becky does an exploder for her for a two count. Becky in uh, is uh, second guessing herself after these things. She's selling it well. She's doing she's doing a well, well job, you know, second guessing herself because she's doing these moves. Obviously, Bianca powers out of a submission and backs Becky into the corner. Then positions her for a suplex. Bianca's selling a really Bianca's selling really good too between her and the profits. Man, they're doing they're doing phenomenal selling selling. You know, like you know the like the the punishment they're receiving. Bianca fires off some offense with drop kick hits. Some suplexes, uh, suplexes rolls through into a vertical delayed suplex, and she kips up, getting getting the crowd hyped up again. She does a ten punches into the corner, and then fan the fans the fans count down. But Becky uses the slides down and uses the braid again, and they tug a war with it. Bianca pulls her for a spine buster. This was fucking great. She catches Becky and does the dope fall away slam. Becky gets her foot on the rope. Bianca's now kind of losing her cool, which is which is good, showing some real emotion about like you know this is not just like a performance thing it's like you know i'm not i'm not fucking winning this match right now i need to fucking win so like, i i always i always like the I, I appreciate more the selling telling a story in the match basically becky rolls her up from um from being military pressed becky gets a disarmor bianca gets her from the rope eventually like this is going on for a while more tug of war with bianca's hair and bianca pulls her out of the ring becky drives her into the steps no sorry i think Be sometimes I got it confused, man. So, yeah, Be Be Becky pulls her out of the ring. Becky drives her into the steps. Or no, 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 no. Bianca pulls her out of the ring, and then she count Becky countered a move, and then Be Be Becky was the one that put her to drive her into the steps, countering a move. She does a leg drop from the top rope for a near fall. Becky's kind of losing her cool now. Becky st uh, strikes and does another leg drop for the second rope while Bianca is draped um, into um, into the ring on the ropes. Becky rolls up from a vertical delay attempt and it locks into disarmor. And Becky brings her brings her up after a bit of a struggle and slams her down. This this match this match is I go this match is really good at this point. They're exhausted and still striking back and forth.
apart. They're doing uh, rolling pinning combination attempts. Becky tries to get a disarmor and drags Bianca back into the center of the ring, but Bianca gets 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 in the K, gets in the KOD by lifting uh, Becky up. Basically, that, that that was really impressive. And then out of nowhere, Sasha runs in, looking fucking phenomenal as usual. She looks to be wearing a romper this time, and she attacks Bianca, and then she hints at a truce with Becky and beats beats her up, and then she gets a backstabber on both of them, and then you know. We'll find out. See, these women worked their asses off, and now we're getting more convoluted. We're getting more convoluted shit. This was like a dope performance, but you couldn't just give us a clean win. But I guess they figure Sasha being back is enough for us to care. But it makes it, 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 it to make it interesting. But who knows if she'll even stay stay on the brand this time, or something you know comes up, something else comes up. Sasha says that she'll see them both on Friday. I don't mind this, but it makes me worry how they are booking Bianca at times, you know what I mean? But this was still a good performance, and I'm sure there'll be people who will get mad at people for not liking a DQ finish and compared to how Brian and Omega didn't have a finish either and then keep, keep the same energy. But I would have preferred a clean win over someone cheating to win, but but then this, and then and then do the Sasha thing. But again, a DQ finish at a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. But, but but we can't complain because we have to appreciate the bare minimum of them just being on television and being in a title match and actually want good booking. But I really, I really did enjoy the chemistry between Becky and, and Becky and Bianca. Uh, they had together. I think this feud just started. Uh, I just think because this feud started with a twenty second fuck up, twenty second second fuck up, that the, the the feud continuing and getting a bit better. And had, then had this dope match, and then this was the first real match Becky has since coming back. She looks like she's like not on a step, but then you give us a DQ finish. It's like it's it's, it's okay because I'm sure these three will give us a banger. But if they you know separate them on the draft, then we, like I mean that'd be more fitting since this company is doing randomness anyways. You know what I mean? Because you think okay, well like they got her involved, so they're not gonna separate these three surely. But you know that that's why I'm worried about it. That's why I would take my clean wins now more than before like you know what i mean but i mean listen i, I still think it's a dope performance this was trust me this was the least inoffensive this was the least offensive thing that happened on this fucking show okay and 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 at the time that i was writing this i made a jab about the extreme rules you know what i'm actually pollock made this point as well right that like i'm actually glad that like they don't have every match be extreme rules because you shouldn't really, you know what I mean? It should be safe for maybe one match, maybe. Because, again, like, you know what I mean? Like, because, like, how are you going to top last year's shit where somebody's eye came out? You know what I mean? I would simply just not have a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. Because you set that precedent up for, you know, f for people to expect that. You know what I mean? When you do that, people are going to ex expect that. But I, technically, I, I don't mind, like, one match as being Extreme Rules. You could do two matches being Extreme Rules, but it doesn't really fucking matter anyways, you know? I mean, who gives a shit? Then B B um, Balor and Reigns is next. Um, Balor came out last, which is surprising, but I mean, you know, how do you top, like, a fucking demon coming out? Balor's acting, Balor's acting like a demon and not really being phased. He's also wearing the Ultimate Warrior-like tassel, which is ironic considering Balor's LGBTQ-friendly and Warrior wasn't. And it's like Balor's like, nah, we're taking the tassels back, man. Balor's trying to tear Reigns' jaw from behind, and they're both striking while Balor's literally not... Is, Balor's like literally not being phased until he gets a shot to the throat. Reigns gets a snap suplex, Reigns pulls out a kendo stick, Bal and Balor's on the other side and pulls out a stack 
pulled out like four candlesticks, like stack candles, like four, like and it hits Roman with them. It made no, it, it made no difference afterwards. Anyways, Reigns gets uh, some offense back. These guys are acting like Finn is a real. Like, the commentators are acting like Finn is a real demon or something like that. Um, it's like they took, it's like they took a a workhorse and combined him with Boogeyman and the Ultimate Warrior with like Undertaker like tactics. You know what I mean? Reigns has a leaping clothesline while Bal- Balor pulls out a table. He brings in a steel chair and jabs it in in Balor's ribs. Balor does a double leg takedown and stomps on Reigns, and they're doing um they're, they're, and now and now they're and now they're piping in a table chant for real. Like it, it wasn't even we want tables, it's just tables. So I guess like they kind of fucked up or something like that. Balor throws Reigns into the barricade a couple of times and pulled out a table as he's um, putting it in the ring Reigns does a drive-by Reigns throws Balor over the barricade by a timekeeping area they fight through the they fight through the crowd and Reigns throws Balor over the table from the panel set Reigns is posing for acknowledgement and I forgot to mention that when before Reigns went out uh, before Reigns went into the crowd he put a fucking mask on and of course in like a red state that would probably be like you know a, a big heel move but th- th- this was fucking great, though. Um, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, man, it's like you know, it, it's like he got COVID conscious throughout the match. You know what I mean? Balor jumps jumps off the panel uh, table and cross bites him onto another table. They go back into the ring. They keep referring to him as a demon only. Still, like, you know what I mean? I still couldn't get over it. They're really overplaying it. But then you find out why they're overplaying it. Balor gets a sling blade, sets up a table. Reigns does a urinagi through the table. Uh, through the table after being shocked at the kickout, they strike back and forth, and Reigns ends the sequence with a Superman punch. Reigns screaming and Heyman encouraging him is encouraging him. Reigns screaming all day, every day, like he's like the tribal chief, whatever. Balor kicks the um, kicks at the spear attempt and does a sling blade. Uh, Reigns catches him with a spear and a nice callback to the kickout where Balor lifted his arm and low blowed Reigns. Balor with a drop kick to Reigns outside does a plancha and then a coup de gras. The Usos break up the pin and double super kick and break another table and have it set up for near the com. Sorry, they break out another table. They break out another table and set up near the commentary table. Ba- Balor fights back from being put through it. Takes care of Jay. He power bombs Jimmy through it the announce table and then Reigns spears him through the barricade. That is met with the holy shit. Balor is knocked down and then then there's a beat that's playing slowly like the the his music like the beat from the beginning and then Balor is like kind of kind of convulsing and, and kind of moving based based off the beat and then it turns red and the beat kind of kicks in and Balor just appears up and, and it got a good reaction and goes up and drop kicks Reigns through the table this is like 90s era an Undertaker Ultimate Warrior like shit so Balor's on top after he like hit him with a couple of chairs a couple of times he's on the top he you know then gets like the advantage so you think this is going to be a fiery comeback and the only only thing that he, he can do because you do this kind of thing you're like okay Balor's going to fucking win he goes on top and then the the, the, the top rope collapses and the red light just immediately turns on so the music is gone and Balor's kind of feeling the pain from the ring collapsing somehow and then Reigns just spears him for the fucking win this was kind of stupid and I, I kind of dug what he I, I, I dug that he was feeling the beat throughout the, the, his body where he was moving based off that but you made him seem like he was gonna indestructible and then he was kind of his this is kind of his shock master moment like the moment to kill his gimmick and this was like by design he makes his character look like a fucking idiot it's like they wanted to do something cool with this character but they decided with the same within the same few seconds just to completely kill it off 
Like, how am I supposed to take this shit? How am I supposed to take the character seriously now? You know what I mean? I'm glad Reigns won, but this was really fucking stupid. This is this is the way they, this is what they ended on. But don't worry, anyone who didn't like it will probably be at fault for not liking the ending because we're not giving the fucking demon character a chance after they already botched it. The, the that right there in those few seconds is what Balor's career, like you know, it's a perfect encapsulation of what Balor's career has kind of been. Come, starting off fucking hot and then just completely f- uh, falling down. I, I, I don't know how, how how they're gonna explain that. It just made Balor look really fucking like a fucking idiot. Unless higher ups organize that because they need to protect Reigns, like in in storyline. Maybe Heyman will take credit. I thought we're we're reaching Ultimate Warrior Taker level of antics being done. It's like Taker. It's like Taker being born again after being put in the casket. This was like one of the dumbest th- things on a fucking program to end a program. And it's gonna be one of the. It's gonna be one of the featured highlights when they do a downfall of the WWE documentary. If they have Balor just move on and we don't acknowledge this, then this is fucking stupid. But ultimately, the fucking online accounts are going to compare how this ending of the barbed wire explosion with Kingston, Mox, and Omega. Yeah, most people shit on that ending as well. Where where, where the fuck were, were all you guys when people are shitting on that? And people say that people also say that that exploding thing was an accident. No, that was that was that that was no fucking accident. That was planned. That was part of a larger uh, conspiracy angle going on, but that shit fuck that, but that fucking that ha- fucking happened, and people did shit on it. It's fitting that this company did this ending before the Rollins Austin interview, where Rollins wanted to strangle Vince after that Hell in the Cell ending from two thousand and nineteen. You know what I mean? I mean, it is what it is, man. Over overall, I thought this pay per view was decent. I loved the opening match. I question why you can't. I now question why you 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 would have Lashley pinned in this match if you're going to do do a title match. It would have made more sense to pin AJ and save and have Lashley get mad that he lost anyway. But I guess him being tricked pissed him off and is giving Lashley this extra edge, like he's more dangerous without the title. When normally most people who just move on past the title, they end up just kind of being lesser than they were as world champion. I'm curious to see how how uh, they fucking play this shit out. I did like the opening match, and it really shows the importance. Uh, you know, again, it's just one of those teams that established a good performance in the New Day, where it, makes, it shows the importance of New Day to me. You know, which is which is why it's always disappointing. There's already talk of the profits breaking up, going their separate ways. Because I know WWE does not prioritize tag teams the way they should, but with Mont with Montez being given the ball on Friday, and now him actually having a dope performance in this story being told. You know, um, you know the story. You know, he 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 sold uh, the way he sold was really amazing. I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. I wish it was done more in tag team wrestling or in general. But by the way, they do if they do the break up the profits. I which I hope they don't. Then you should really have Dawkins being the one to preemptively be the one to do it because he would want to get at him first because he can see the media hyping up Ford as the future single star and maybe he felt he needed to do it first before it's done to turn because he does not want to end up as the other guy he doesn't want to end up as the Janetti of the tag team you know what I mean so they could do it that way but I really hope they keep him around for a bit man because I mean you need like other fucking tag teams but I mean you know I mean I enjoyed Bliss and Charlotte. Um, really, Charlotte did make Bliss look really good. Creative aside, her character has been on fire since coming back from Mania. As much as the ending was stupid with the doll, I gotta say the fucking crowd made it for me. But I'm afraid of what's g- gonna come from this feud. The triple threat match was dope just for the sole fact that people in Columbus were into Hardy. It felt like the old days 
where I can, you know, where, where I'll still in my mother's basement still, but more, but but more of a local loser instead of a nationwide loser. I'm, uh, you know, I'm sure that we'll, I'm sure we'll see the repeat of the match with the U.S. title because all, that's all the booking is now. It was funny that they make it seem like Hardy sees a younger self in Priest, and these guys are like literally five years apart. Becky and Bianca was really good, and Bianca did a great job telling a story and selling. It didn't need to be hundred percent, hundred percent fast pace, and they worked a they worked a pace which I dug. But, but the ending was kind of the ending was kind of cool because I'm happy to see Sasha back all, all day, every day. But you could have at least had a fucking finish. Maybe try to actually go to a time limit, maybe since this was no, you know. Maybe you wanted to fucking go that route, you know. I really didn't care as much about the lack of extreme rules, you know. You know, now thinking about it. But you just, you shouldn't do the, you shouldn't do pay-per-view with these kind of names where you set the president, you know. People are going to expect that type of shit when you do that. Like, you, you know. Like, how do you follow a guy taking his eye out last pay-per-view, like the last extreme rules? The main event would have been dope if the last few minutes didn't fucking happen. I, I, I would not be surprised if this, is what, if this is what Balor is now, and he's kind of like... Like, like he's probably going to be like the work-rate ultimate warrior taker kind of thing, if he's still going to carry on the... If he's going to keep doing the, uh, the, 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 um, the fucking demon thing. And he actually becomes more demonic. It felt like... like I mean, they're going back to 90s stuff, right? It, but it felt like WWE appropriated New, New, New Jack style of the music playing. I'll say I'll I'll say that the fan did react positively when he did stand back up, but the ending was just complete shit. I'm sure WWE in the discourse business WWE's in the discourse business now, and th- this is going to be talked about. And these moments are going to get harder, and, and it will get harder. And you'll notice the more the company is going to do this more often, the people who will defend everything this company does or move goalposts are going to be so fucking lonely when it gets harder to defend each time. Because it because it seems like it gets harder and harder each time. Some people have to like break their kayfabe of having to keep the positive mindset of WWE. You know what I mean? This match was set up to fail anyways because we all know Brock was the guy that's gonna he's gonna face. So this was just filler and they really just botched Finn Balor's call up. I don't know anymore about this company. Like the match was fine up until then. I loved Reigns wearing the mask in the crowd. That was genius. But I mean, as long as the uh, his title reigns intact, I, I guess that's all that matters for me. And you know, shout out to Liv Morgan. She did her well in her match, but I wish she had better booking. Like it's cool you had a good performance and Carmella did her thing, but you can't tell me. I was supposed to be excited for this when they really just do the bare minimum to hype up this match. But hopefully they let they let Liv Morgan get a fucking good push from this. You know what I mean? Who fucking knows, really, you know? Anyways, um... Yeah, so that was, uh... That was the pay-per-view, man. That was it. That was, you know... Again, I I, I did better than I thought reading the fucking notes. Sometimes I, I, try, I try to read the notes and then I improvise also in it. Because if at the moment I want to get ahead of my point that I'm gonna read, like it, it was so it was so hard for me. Like it feels good when I'm actually writing it live because I'm making these predictions, but then I don't realize that when I'm reading it, it just sounds so stupid because I know where I'm gonna fucking go. So I gotta adjust on that. But I mean, whatever, man. Do you really expect anything? Like the fact that I can put together a podcast in like such an unorganized manner and in such a mediocre fucking way. You know what I mean? Like that should be impressive enough. You know what I mean? Because I don't really have anything in life in general. All I have is this is content to just put out there, but nothing's gonna really happen with it, you know, because people are gonna keep putting me down for doing podcasting and not doing live streaming and kind of put me through a more of a suicidal thing because that's what, that's what I need more suicidal fucking thoughts in my fuck in my fucked up head, you know what I mean? But I mean, it is what it is, man. Whatever. 
who gives a shit? Uh, you know, Raw, Raw's gonna start in like six minutes, so I mean, let's see what happens. You know, I really want to see what they're gonna do with Lashley and Biggie. They really did like go, oh, at eight p.m. This is gonna fucking happen. Like you had to like go, okay, well, they, 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 you can't miss out. You can't miss out on this for sure. But it's like they're using Biggie, and I'm sure Biggie will win. Hopefully, you know what I mean. I I, I don't want to say that. They, I don't want to fucking be a negative fucking asshole about Biggie's reign. But I just I just have a really bad feeling that we're gonna get. Like, just, we're going to be more disappointed with the ending of his reign than what happened with Kofi and Brock Lesnar. And I really do think, because, again, the, the discourse online is supposed to be happening. Like, the ultimate, disrespe- the ultimate disrespect would be if Xavier Woods does not win the King of the Ring tournament. I'm sure, I'm sure because Crown Jewel is, like, um, I'm sure because Crown Jewel is coming up next, and they're planning on doing a Queen and King of the Ring. I'm sure some of the matches are going to be filled in with those matches, basically. I could be wrong. Maybe they look all stupid if, like, I'm putting this up before Raw and then all my predictions are wrong. But I really do hope Biggie wins. And I hope Biggie wins the title match. And then I hope La- I hope if they're going Goldberg and Lashley, because that's what's going to happen in Saudi Arabia, I hope Goldberg costs Lashley the match then. And then if you can just have them pivot, it'll still save Lashley credibility because he's not losing clean in some of these things. And then you can have Big E and AJ Styles kind of have it. Because I do think Big E needs um, someone other than Lashley. Like someone like Styles who's already a, a, a main eventer, established main eventer as is. That like you have you have like um, Biggie work with him because it'll up Biggie's game of beating more former champions and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? So as the world champion, so I hope it pivots that way. Unless they unless they decide to go Goldberg, Biggie, and Lashley for a triple threat, since Biggie has this um has this fucking uh, um has this fucking fascination with wanting to. Kind of be the. He even said in an interview he wants to be the one to take Biggie into the um, take Old Yeller into the barnyard. That would be fucking awesome if you let Biggie fucking do that. That would be fucking great. If if they really want to push Biggie, but who knows what they're gonna fucking do? So they could make it a triple threat match, or they could just pivot Biggie temporarily towards someone else temporarily. Have Goldberg probably beat Lashley to get his revenge, and then maybe Biggie and Goldberg kind of set their program up for something. Maybe, maybe they don't even do inner brand stuff on Survivor Series. Maybe they'll just do Goldberg versus Biggie or something like that. Also, you don't know who's going to be drafted. I, I'm telling you right now, if they draft New Day to SmackDown after Big E just came to Raw, that will show me that like they're really trying to create discourse online for people to get fucking really, really pissed off. Because, like, you know what I mean? Because people didn't want it last week. I wonder if that's going to fucking happen. Because you, 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 got, you, got, you got your temporary New Day reunion. We're all happy about it. But something tells me they're going to take shit away from them. Like, it's not that I want this to happen. I just know that eventually New Day are probably going to leave. And they're going to be, like, on the same lines as Sami Zayn or Bray Wyatt. Where they're going to have interesting post-interviews after their WWE career. I really do think Big E and I, I, think, I do think some of the New Day members will end up fucking leaving uh, for AEW. I really do down the line think that. I don't know. Maybe. We need to see New Day versus uh, Omega, Omega and the Bucks, man. We need to see that. We need to keep Omega with the. We need to keep Omega with the Bucks heel until the new day in them come, so that we can get the fucking you know right amount of feud going on. You know what I mean? Who knows what's gonna end up happening? But um, anyways, uh, take it easy, okay? Peace.
Morales pulling her own hair out. Top off our commentary table. 